Good evening and welcome to episode 229 of the FPL Surgery. We're recording on Monday the 25th of October and there's no Monday Night Football tonight. The game week's actually finished for once. And as always, I'm here with Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Very excited to be here on this absolutely worst ever game week. Um, I'm, I really like doing these podcasts right after having an absolute... Uh, I was going to swear there, a rubbish time, um, especially when your co-host did so well. So it's always a great, smiling, lovely time <laughs> and an amazing guest to boot. Um, but before we get into all that, let me do the headlines. We've got a really good show today, 7.5 to 8.5 million midfielders we're going to cover. And then uh, which strikers we can trust yet again. And uh, and then captaincy and beyond game week 10. Um, but first, we've got a guest, Rich. Yeah, and one of the reasons I put the third headline as captaincy for game week 10 um, was because of our guests. Even even though it might not be much of a debate, I always enjoyed watching his captaincy videos that, that he did with Scout. So he doesn't really need much intro- introduction, but we've got David Monday on this week, who is obviously the Fantasy Football Scout editor. He's now moved on to Pastures New, and I mean, it's really great to... I've, this is the first time we've spoken, David, but it's re- you know really great to have you on this week. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it is is weird, isn't it? I feel like me and you are always engaging a lot on on, on Twitter, and now I've just discovered that you're not Elmo. It's so strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this whole time he wasn't a Muppet. Well, not in a physical sense, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but I've been called that and and worse. Oh well, yeah. Okay, I'll try not to make it too too worse than that. <laughs> oh, please um, do. It's really fun to watch him score. <laughs> well, the thing is, we have to stick together. So this is the other thing: is that this is, I think, the first time I've been on an FBL podcast, and there's been more Reading fans on it. The not Reading fans, so I know. you are's man. Here we go. Oh like, oh, so excited. Um, it's brilliant, isn't it? We're yeah. dominating the pod, the podcast today. Two Reading fans out oh, of three. And we're How- dominating the bottom half of the championship table because we're thirteenth. Yes, that's exactly what we <laughs> like. It's all we can hope for. So, yay, great. Well, great I mean, time to be a Reading fan. <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather support Reading than Man United at the moment. So, well, that is true. That is true. So we'll take solace in that. But yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great to come on. I, I've, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm not a scout anymore, so I'm kind of a little bit less in the kind of front lines of, of FPL coverage from one week to the next. So being able to just kind of stay loosely relevant every now and then mm. by popping onto a podcast or two is, is really nice. So I really appreciate you guys uh, letting yeah, me come of, on the show. Of, of course. We always love an armchair general too. Like no longer the trenches, but still pulling stuff, doing things. <laughs> and uh, you were telling us how well you were doing in FPL just before you got on as well. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, I wasn't. No, no, no you weren't. No, you're the, you had the same was, game week as me, unfortunately. So not yeah. only am I marginalized with the with the Reading thing, but but you know, um, Elmo's marginalized with his good score. Um, but yeah, and you, you've obviously been keeping yourself busy, haven't you? Um, with different little little projects. So I believe you're writing a book oh, or yeah, written well, a book. I'd hope. I've written two actually. Oh, Sorry, have you done? Talk. He's coming I in tomorrow. To, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to come on and be really humble, but I've, I've written two. Um, no, so I, um, yeah, so now I'm, I'm I'm back in local news again. So I'm just a news desk editor for, I say just, I mean, it's, it's still a decent job. Um, yeah. uh, as a news desk editor for the Plymouth Herald. Um, but yeah, before I left Scout, it was about a year before I left, um, I brought up my first science fiction novel. Um, and it did well enough for me to feel like I, could probably write the second one and so yeah the second one comes out tomorrow so i'm not i'm gonna try and i'm gonna plug it more at the end we were talking before i came on like i don't want this pod to start with hey like let's talk about fbl but before we get there here's mm. 10 minutes on why my books are amazing <laughs> i'm just i'm not gonna do that now so any science fiction fans 
I'll, I'll tease you for the ending of this video where I'll tell you a little bit more about the books that uh, I've written, the books I intend to write, and the books that are coming out tomorrow. So, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. No, sounds good. Sounds good. So we get to that at the end. Now, one thing we do have to do, um, first of all, is go into our go into our game weeks. So should we start with you, David? Obviously, I saw on Twitter it wasn't the best, but we <laughs> yeah. move on, I guess. We've got to rip that plaster off. And I should yeah. just say that I've already got the rum and apple juice, which, by the way, great combination. Um, oh, nice. A wrap? Because I just... Yeah, exactly. I, I I needed it. You know, it was a case. So it's half term. I'm looking after the I'm the primary carer for the kids this week, and I did terrible on FBL. So crack open the rum. <laughs> All right. So we start out. Uh, is that you? Four fifty eight points. Yeah. yeah oh, I wish I could say no, but yeah. It's just a very similar team to myself. So I was wondering who's a who, but I don't have Sar. So there you go. Oh. Um. All right. Take if us. Sar's in the team. If Sars and the team, you can almost be certain that it was my team because <laughs> me and him, me and him have a thing. Um, oh, lovely! Sexual yeah. or just you know, well, just acquaintances. He hasn't let me know yet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> still still <laughs> it's still on read. It's still on read. Yeah, yeah, it's on read message. Eighteen months after his big haul against Liverpool, that's when it started. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, oh, I'm, I'm annoyed with myself with the way I handled Sars this week because Sars is actually at the heart of why my team did so poorly. Um, I had two free transfers. I often have two free transfers. Anyone who follows me on Twitter will know. Hmm. I, 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 they, they see me rolling. They really do all the time. Um, and this week I finally used it. I thought here's a week I can use it because I did Ronaldo to Vardy. That was always going to happen. That was I was there was never too much doubt about that. Hmm. But I wanted to get Havertz, and it was a case of do I use Gallagher to get to Havertz or do I use Saar to get to Havertz? And if I went with Gallagher, then I'd have to then I'd have to take a hit because I couldn't quite afford it. And obviously, in my infinite wisdom, I was like, "Don't want Mason Mount." Um, so, um, <laughs> which well done, David. Um, so in the end, I decided to hold Saar because I just felt that he had a bit more attacking potential uh, than Gallagher. Gallagher started the season really well, but he's kind of taken a deeper role now that that Palace team's starting to find itself a bit more. Gallagher's not advanced, so I thought I'm going to get rid of him. So then, in order to do that, I had that was how I t had to take a hit. I had to take a hit to get rid of Semedo, who I wanted rid of anyway. I thought, yeah, just bin him off. Replaced him with Pinnock because I wanted a Brentford defender for the weeks to come. I wasn't really signing him for this week. I was like taking a hit for a player beyond that, who of course mm. now also is flagged. But effectively, it was my is my insistence on holding Saar, who managed to do nothing in a game where Watford scored five. It was my assistance on him that meant that I had to take a hit to get Havertz, who did nothing in a game where Chelsea scored seven. And because I'd taken a hit as well, yeah, it's 54 points. I've been doing really well uh, over the last sort of four or five weeks. I've managed to claw myself up to about 150k. And in one game week, I've dropped by 500k places and I'm down in 646k. So as I said, it's time for some rum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't that bad. To be fair, like... Uh... You would have been doing much better than me, I think, um, this week if you had just Captain Salah. Like that's, and it's honestly yeah. so many people went yeah, from having an okay game week to like, oh, I'm on a hundred points because you know they just got almost fifty from one player. So I think that like you don't be too harsh on yourself like this. And all your moves seemed very clever anyway. Like like obvious moves. Vardy's been doing bits. No one expected him to break. Um, and then Havertz was the only player <laughs> to not score anything. So, I mean, you know, it's just Sod's Law. Eventually, nothing's oh, going to yeah. go right and for every single player. But um, it's just tough lines. And you kept Antonio, so there you go. Yeah, and Jimenez getting me something was, was nice too because because I'd nearly sold him. 
And I just thought, no, I'll hold him. And But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very dramatic, as you can probably tell. Uh, I like being <laughs> dramatic about my FBL team. Um, it, it, deep down inside, I'm not worrying too much. Um, having left Scout, actually, it's a lot easier to detach myself from the really bad game weeks. And I was actually at my dad's wedding over the weekend, so I didn't Ooh. experience a lot of this in real time. And sometimes when you experience it in real time, it's like way more painful than mm. just kind of digesting it in one kind of hungover Sunday morning, d- double check on what happened, you know? And so then it's <laughs> yeah. easier to make more cold, objective decisions moving forward. Like, I, I, we'll talk about it at the end, I'm sure, in terms of what we're doing for the next game week. I won't be changing very much. I'm not going to be knee-jerk. And I've still got my wild card, but I don't want to use it. So, yeah, I'm going to stay calm. Oh, that's interesting. Really, still got your wild card. I really like the the Pinnock move. Obviously, you unlucky that he, he's got a minor knock now. Um, but obviously, with, th- with those upcoming fixtures, he was one I was looking at. Same with Luca Dean, actually. Like, I can't believe he got minus one again. He's, su- he's such a troll, <laughs> isn't he? To concede five against, you know, against Watford. Oh, that's so genius. But yeah. the thing is, I keep saying that about him. I think I'm getting fed up with him now. He's he's the next to go if I get rid of anyone. I you think. are or... so patient to be like, I think I'm getting fed up with him now. I would have been fed up <laughs> with him like five game weeks ago. It's it's. I, uh... I owned him and Shaw, so it was like. It was, ah, like, yeah, the, no, it was like the black sheep and the even blacker sheep. And I just had to, in the end, keep the gray sheep, you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get rid of them both. So I know I, I am quite, but I am, I am quite a patient manager. And with Dina, it's almost like the narrative is still burning in my head because what's so Dina is to get a minus one one week and then a 17 the next. And I keep saying that every week where it's like, well, he did terrible this week. So surely next week it's a 17 pointer. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'll probably sell him on the game week it happens, but you know. So it is well. what it is. All right, no fair play. All right, we'll move quickly on through mine and get to the good stuff, which is Rich's team. Mine, very similar story to you, except I captained uh, Salah. I brought Vardy in um, for Lukaku, which a lot of people did. Um, I was going to go to do Tony first, but decided just to we'll go Vardy, and then if I really need to go to Kane, I've got enough money in the bank anyway. Um, the only Chelsea player I had didn't play, but Livermento scored, so that kind of saved me. Um, and then, yeah, Captain Salah. So I, I feel like this was a really bad week to do okay. It, like, it could have been so much worse. Um, and I didn't really have anything, like, pressing to do. I was actually going to roll a transfer. Um, and then and then Lukaku hurt himself. So I'm a bit annoyed now. This is the fourth injury I've had to that striker spot. Like, it was DCL and then Bamford and then now Lukaku and then I don't know what's happening with Vardy yet but he was uh I think he had like a little something on his leg when he was clapping to the fans so that's not very good um but yeah I'm just really happy that Livermendo came off the bench because um Christensen he seems to always like I'm I'm not fed up with Christensen yet unlike Dean I keep getting points off my bench when he doesn't play and it seems to always be Livermendo um because someone said to me, why aren't you playing Livermento? And I said, no, he will play. He'll he'll get on somehow <laughs> for whatever reason. Like I have, I need 12 players every week. Someone's not going to play. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a same week as, as a lot of people that are listening, watching. Um, very happy that Sanchez got some extra points. So that was like a highlight. I, I, I didn't see that until late on in the day. Um, so that was a wee like, oh yeah, he got two extra points, which is, you know sums up <laughs> how much i needed stuff all right but now the what we've all been waiting for it's it's not that amazing i've seen many scores bigger than mine well, who cares me you got you got three digits Bam. Yeah. 
Yeah, with like a wild card played too. Like that's Trent, I was I was sat on ninety nine points with my wild card, and then Trent snuck that bonus point at the end, so it did it did make me a little bit happier. And yeah. also, if I hadn't wild carded, my old team, if I didn't have Salah, I got ten points combined. Um, so I'd have been in serious trouble if I hadn't wild carded this Wait, week. Wait, you would have captained them in the other in your pre wild card team, though. Yes, right? I would. I would have. So I'd have got yeah, fifty eight points. But then I might have had to do a hit because I had players like John Stones in my old team. Mm. So yeah. the wild card oh, James was a success. Well, James Chilwell is so sexy. And you put them yes, on the, that... the correct place too in your team. And they got loads of points this week as well. It's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm and, really happy with yeah. it. The only mistake <laughs> I made was playing Foster over Sanchez, but I'm not I'm not gonna moan about that. that and that was only that was only three points difference. Um Havertz, I wasn't even fully convinced if I was gonna get him or not, because I was I kept I was speaking to Stefan a bit and he was saying he tries to ignore FOMO, but I can't ignore FOMO, so I went for Havertz. Mm. Um, but then I also went for Chilwell and James. So I was quite happy at the end of that Chelsea game. I've already done a transfer as well, but I won't spoil it yet. Um, but Havertz is gone, basically. <laughs> I won't spoil that's, it. I hate That's him. how patient I am. Patient I am, yeah. Oh, it's a lovely team. You've done really well. Um, and you were unlucky with a few of them. Like, you could have had way more, too. Cancelo's late. late um I mean, stuff like Cancelo conceding didn't really annoy me because there's a lot of people that have got, like yourself, who've got two City defenders. So I don't really care what Cancelo does. It's a bit like Trent. I almost don't care what he does. I've just got him. Um, It's like a a cow's opinion. Yeah. (laughs) And then Son, I wanted to talk about Son for a little bit too. What did you think of his performance? um, I mean, he could have scored. He had a a medium, I was going to say a big chance. It was more of a medium chance. What's well, a big um, chance for him? He usually scores from worse yeah, positions. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I've got a Spurs player in just because looking ahead. Um, actually, one of the reasons I went for Havertz is it gave me a nice route to get Kane if I wanted to. I can do Havertz down to like Brownhill and then yeah. Antonio up to Kane. I could also go to Mane um, from Havertz, basically by downgrading Antonio again. Um, but I've blocked that now because of a move I've done. Um, but I'm happy just having Son. I think Kane, I'm just not going to be able to get him now. And based on the performance, I, you know, it's not the end of the world because I, I don't think I'm going to captain anyone else. It's kind of annoying that you did so well because, and the reason why you said that you were going to do, and I'll tell you, there's a few reasons, right? But one of the Go main on. ones was you said that you really wanted wildcard because you just wanted to clean your team up and do a few things. And the one player that you kept <laughs> mentioning was Livermento, who's second on your bench, never to come on. Like that, I I feel like you would be really annoyed about that, and had had already mentioned it, had you like, not had a hundred points. I'm getting the price now. I'm getting the price rises. That's now. true. That's true. You're making is, money off him. I couldn't play him. There was no one I could play him ahead of. I couldn't play him ahead of Reese James, Trent, Cancelo, or Chilwell. Maybe. Tony. And then I already had to put bench in Bremo, which I didn't feel like great about. Yeah. No. And and to be fair, it was their correct decision because no one's expecting a goal, and he did concede, so it wasn't like you did anything wrong. It's just yeah. Funny. I think he's just a good sub. And I mean, I can understand if someone can play him every week. Um, but because I was on wildcard, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't start him. <laughs> Unless I went for like Mankio and, um, yeah. you know, play, players like that. Nah, it's all hindsight stuff, but really yeah. well done. Really well done. Yeah. Oh, I feel See sick. what happens in the next couple of weeks, though. <laughs> no, that's, just, that's just one week, isn't it? And there's already a couple of flags appearing. I've seen we've all got a few flags. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get into our first headline. Because um, the right. first headline... Now, last week, we obviously went through the more budget kind of midfielders. 
now I think it's worth maybe looking at the 7.5 to 8.5 million midfielders. So basically, Jota, Havertz and Foden. They seem to be three quite popular players, you know, at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we, if we come to you first, David, like, are there any that stand out for you there out of out of those three? Or, or maybe if there's a fourth or fifth one you could think of? Oh, no, I've no idea. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's it's really tricky. I I still find this bracket really annoying. I generally hate this bracket. I think that there's a bracket in every position that's annoying to me. And goalkeepers, it's anyone who's five million or yeah. five point five because you can understand why someone would pay six and get Edison, and obviously four point five goes that same. When it comes to defenders, again, it's like the five millions. They're talking like the centre backs of yeah. the teams that are like mid table basically. Um, for forwards, it's probably maybe the eights or nines. You know, you can you feel a lot more comfortable paying like a 10 or 11 for a Kane or an Aguero. And of course, you know, getting like a 6 million like Antonio last year or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. The midfield position, this is the bracket that I just like, I can't work it out. That's the, the bracket where I'm like, it's, it's where you historically find your Pogba's and the Son before he became like really essential. Or Man City midfielders who you don't know if they're going to start. Or even Chelsea midfielders you don't know are going to start. Um, or Liverpool midfielders you don't know are going to start. <laughs> you know, it's it's just such an awkward bracket that I, I don't normally like investing here at all. Um, and I try to avoid it if I can. Now, obviously, I have Havertz now. But really, I just went for him because it was like an opportunity. You know, with Lukaku mm-hmm. being potentially injured and I didn't have any Chelsea players at all. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, and I wanted Vardy. It was like, oh, brilliant. That means that I can cover Chelsea in midfield. And obviously, I went with the wrong one. But you never know. I mean, looking at the fixtures this week, I mean, I, I mean, we, I'm sure people are sort of thinking about, oh, I mean, what, what, one of you's already sold Havertz. I mean, I'm going to hold him because I, 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 I don't like making transfers. I don't like transferring players that I think could do well. And Newcastle away is too attractive to me. You know, I feel like having the centre forward who's playing up front against Newcastle defence is is great. So on Havertz, like I would definitely hold if I had him. Um, on Mount, the thing with Mount is that even though he's had a fantastic week, I mean, I still couldn't tell you he's going to start every game. Yeah. Havertz, I feel like, has a slight advantage right now because they don't have anyone else to play up front, but they've got so many options elsewhere. And the thing with his with his stats over um, the last four, they, they, again, they don't scream out to me as, I must own this guy now. I try to... Um, and, and anyone who signed up to, to Herb or to, to Scout or anyone who looks at um, data... Um, you know, that's that, that was kind of what I did quite regularly uh, when I was a scout. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to kind of isolate the points from the previous week from my thinking and just look at those stats. And, I, you know, that's a very black and white way of putting it, but that is a big summary of how I do it. And Mount stats just don't stand out to me. They don't stand out to me as a guy who's going to like get that kind of haul every week because in the last four, he's had six shots in the box, which is actually quite, that's quite low um, when you compare, compare him with like Foden's had 12, um, Salah's had 14 uh, Antonio's had 13 Bamford obviously he's not fit but 13 Vardy's had 11 you know really he's not competing there I and mean, of course some of those you know, a lot of those are forwards but it's not it's not screaming out as I must own this guy right now um, and then his shots on target uh, are 5 yeah. which actually is, it's not too bad he's about sort of like joint 5th or 6th for that but the thing is is that when I see a guy who's not shooting very often have lots of shots on target to me that feels a little bit possibly unsustainable because it means yeah. that surely that that relationship between shot and accuracy will will degrade at some point. Like yeah, go back to the know. the average, the standard. Go back to normal. And he's only played ninety minutes since game week four, or ninety five minutes since game week four. 
Um, he started the first three and he got a couple assists, but then it's been so inconsistent. I feel like no one, he's 13.2% owned as of right this second, but I feel like maybe 4% of that has been since he got his haul. I can't see um, loads of people who are active in, in this community or even active in, in FPL have had him or have held him throughout. Like everything screams he is probably not someone who you would want to keep um, unless you were doing it as a punt for like two game weeks um and fair mm. play to anyone did yeah. that but in the same in the same sense of haver it's like um it wasn't it, it's it's just it's purely unlucky in how they play um and 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 i think that you need to look at chelsea and just the way you were saying with it, you're not sure what what mid to go to and in, in, in the game stuff and it seems the similar story to city and you've got to start recognizing chelsea as a, the exact same situation as city they've got fullbacks that are absolute belters but you have no idea if they're going to start um you've got the center backs which are are probably safer and then you've got the mids and you have no idea who's going to start and who's going to get the points and then you've got the striker that may or may not um contribute to the overall goal and it's and it, it's how we've been viewing city for like three years now um and they're doing the exact same thing so i feel like you're gonna have to like grab havertz and just hold on or, or whoever whatever mid you're gonna get and just hold on to them for like a, a, a while or get off the train completely but jump in between them is just it's gonna be like yeah it's gonna be like foden kdb torres Mares, that whole rigmarole and it's gonna be disgustingly mm. difficult so i love that yeah. one of you guys yeah. are just gonna hold them which is what i would do uh, or <laughs> one of you guys will just get rid of them immediately and not want to play anymore and take your <laughs> and take your ball home which one of you have done and it's the two bet the worst thing you can do is just like side side take my ball home yeah well you just you're like oh you know i hate this guy yeah, yeah my mum's making my tea so exactly just on just on mount actually um there was that turning point in the game where well there's a couple of turning points where he oh i'm not gonna say he was lucky he he deserved to get you know a big score but obviously that retaken penalty because cruel was off his line turned because i think he was on a goal and assist at that point and then he would have been on a goal assist and missed penalty and there was that turning point that obviously he scored um the penalty and then he grabbed another one so i'm not trying to take it away from mount because cruel was off his line that and that's the rules but I think, and also normally Mount's not going to be on penalties. We wouldn't have thought, you know, yeah. Jorginho had been subbed off. Mount was, you know, he got the full 90 minutes, unlike Havertz, for example. So I think it it fell for him perfectly. Um, yeah. The fact, you know, he Jorginho had been subbed off. He got a penalty, which he missed and then got to retake. Because um, I think someone was trying to nick the penalty off him as well um, for, the, for the retake. Hmm. So I'd imagine that's going to be the peak score for Mount. Over, over the next few seasons, I can't see him topping that um, in in one game week. Anyway, I think it fell quite nicely for him. I think it's uh, I think it's variance at its almost finest because hmm. um, it's something that we just couldn't have predicted that uh, some of those factors you mentioned there um, that you know unlikely to happen again. Um, and the thing is, we we have to make decisions based on what we what we feel like we know and what we feel like we can predict. And so yeah. then when things like that happen you have to sit back and be like, I could not have predicted that. So therefore, I'm not going to use that as a reason to then sign the guy afterwards. And, and, and it kind of comes back to what I said at the beginning of, of this of this kind of discussion point is I, I try to put blinkers on from how many points someone got last week. Um, you know, it, it was a bit weird working on this every day for three years. I could, it was really hard for me to tell you 
who were the top point scorers, I would just never know. I, you know, I'd go on the FPL show and they would just know because they would lead on that. And they'd say, of course, <laughs> when he's, he's he's like the second top most scoring defender. And I'd be like, oh, OK, is he? I, I had no idea <laughs> because I... I just don't look at that. I, I, I look at what players are actually doing on the pitch as football players rather than FBL assets because that is what will get you points, basically. And yeah. and you need you need something more robust than points uh, to, to make a decision as big as, should I sign this guy? Because transfers are pressure. So you only get a limited number per season totally. and you start overusing them, you start losing points. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to take a very casual like sort of very chilled kind of approach on on these guys just hold Havertz I don't really fancy a Man City field, midfielder just yet if I'm going to get any of them I really hope it can be KDB um because if he's fit and he's ready and he's and he's at his best he is the guy that will get the most minutes and that's what I want as an FPL manager is minutes from these guys so yeah 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 just it, not this week <laughs> I probably should say <laughs> well, why, yeah. why why I sold Havertz because it is I think it's a bit out of I wouldn't normally do something like this. Like I tend to be quite patient with players and sometimes that's to my detriment. You know, I keep players weeks and weeks and weeks. Like I would have never removed Sauer if I wasn't on wildcard. I actually quite wanted to keep him, for example. You did mention him Um, quite a few times during the week. Yeah, there was a lot of players that I I wanted to keep, um, but I ended up like changing like nine players. And Havertz was one I just wasn't sure about. And actually the early sub is what tilted it in my favour. To, to get rid of him because I hadn't really used anything to get him in. I'd use my wild card, but I was using that anyway. The fact he didn't get the full 90 minutes, that that's what worried me without looking dangerous. His only shot was that one where he seemed to pass it into Tim Krul's hands. It looked yeah. like a pass back. Um, it's a good segue. It's mainly to do with minutes and it, it could backfire. Um, well, I'm assuming that he's not going to go as a ch- striker for Chelsea to not get any points at all. So it's going to be difficult when he does score. Yeah. He didn't look like a striker, though. Well, um, well he isn't. <laughs> He's a midfielder. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, that's a great segue in what I wanted to touch on there. Um, and David, forgive me if I'm putting you on the spot. Um, but if if we look at their strikers historically and over the last, I say historically, but not very long. But Werner didn't do really well in the system. Um, Lukaku is kind of, he's not really jumped out as as someone who's scoring every week. And then they play Havertz and everyone else gets points except him. When can we start looking at the system as the problem with the striker position and not just the strikers themselves? Have you have you looked into that at all? Um, I mean, it's something that I kind of would have looked into um, in recent years, not necessarily specifically with Havertz. And there was a time when he was playing out a position where it did, it can work. Um, I think... Um, and, and there was a time, actually, when uh, Giroud was in great form. And I owned him for a little bit. Um, mm, it's around the end that. of... the se- It was um, the COVID season. So the one where Project Restart. Yeah. I owned Giroud for a little bit of that. 30 so plus. Can- yeah, yeah, yeah. Game week 36 plus, I think it was. I free hit mm. and captained him against Norwich. And and he was so unlucky not to like get a hat-trick. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, possibly. Yeah, I mean, that might be something... I mean, this is actually where I think that um it just i mean i'm gonna sound like a broken record i think you always have to study football before you study fantasy I mean, and, and there is a subtle difference you know um mm-hmm. if you if you have a if you have your ear to the ground and you have a really good idea of what setup teams are playing what impact that setup is having on specific players um then you will find often that you will you will sometimes get ahead of the curve or you will avoid certain traps um and for, I'll, I'll use an example of one that we uncovered at scout uh, about uh, probably would have been about a year ago i guess was with with Gundawan was that we discovered that when um, he he would do really, really well when he wasn't playing with Jesus. 
because the space that Jesus would normally occupy, he would go fill it. And then all mm. of those big Gundogan halls would happen in those sorts of games. In games where Jesus was was playing, he would fill that space and Gundogan wouldn't be able to make those darting runs. And by identifying that tactic, that's when we started to feel like we could get into a position of knowing when to captain Gundogan and not to, because you could you could usually work out when Jesus was going to play. Yeah, every second So game. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I appreciate that's a bit of a roundabout answer to the question because I haven't really answered the Chelsea one. But what no, no, I'll say okay. is keep an eye on, on people like uh, like Scout or Herb or anyone who basically this is their day job because it's those types of people or even or even like The Athletic or BBC. Like Keep an eye on that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And if you are very ears to the ground on what set, different setups mean for different players, um, you will be a much more informed fantasy manager than you know, your average casual or even your average sort of person who kind of just takes their information from Twitter or yeah. or is is a bit more or maybe just takes it from one place. Going that extra level deeper can fair. have a big impact. Yeah, fair play. Well, we'll go now to our correspondence in the Chelsea forums. Mr. Rich <laughs> himself, have you actually looked at the forums and figured out anything about the strikers at all? <laughs> I haven't been looking at the forums much. Uh, actually, I would say another thing that worry about Havertz is obviously we don't know this, the fitness of Lukaku and um, Werner as well. So I like what David's saying, but I guess things could change like very, very quickly and, and maybe not ahead of the Newcastle game. Um, and I wonder why he was subbed off. Like maybe he's because he's the only player who can play that position. He was mm -hmm. being protected. I was going to suggest that. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's mean, so, it could, so it could be that. I guess then the worry is if they've scored like two or three against Newcastle, he could then be pulled off early in that game as well. Obviously, he could have had a hat-trick if they're 2 or 3-0 up. Um, well, only if they're 3-0 up, that's mathematically. But um... it, Yeah, <laughs> this whole thing is, is making me think, because obviously we would probably all own Lukaku had he not been injured. And now it's going to be a bit more hesitant to bring him in because we're, you know, a lot of ifs and buts regarding the striker position and if it is the, the situation. So I really want to, I'm, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to find out what's going on. I'm going to try and keep my ear to the yeah. ground, as, as, as David said. And, and I think... I think we know a lot more about Jota and Foden at the moment, as in... Yeah, I well, feel let's, like they're let's shift over. Is that again, sorry? Let's shift over to chat about them then. Let's do that. Well, yeah, I guess it's all in the, in the same bracket, really, mm -hmm. isn't it? But mm -hmm. there's obviously there's Havertz, which, I, I, you know, I, I went for him, um, you know, as a, as a short-term punt. But then I feel like Jota and Foden, Foden in particular, seem like they're, they're more mid to long-term yeah. Punts. Oh, and I was so gutted that you didn't go for it. Every time we mention him, you get a stiffy, and then you go wild card on the one week <laughs> that you potentially could get him, and he hauls. And I checked your wild card afterwards. I was so sure you had him, and you didn't. The thing is, I didn't. Because obviously, with a wild card, you're looking at structures. And like David said, I, I don't really normally like that price point. Mm. And it was just, I was trying to find a way to get Havertz in. Um, and it, it was really, really difficult. So I never actually considered Foden. Like, genuinely, I had, I had maybe 100 drafts. Yeah, he wasn't in a single one. It's interesting, though, uh, isn't it? Because because obviously you you're you're filling that space with one player. You're not going to think of another player if you're if you're certain that you're getting Havertz. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I, what Son we say was like a non-negotiable for me because oh, I really? wanted a Spurs player as a you know as your wildcard. I wanted a Spurs player. Kane was just too expensive, so Son was an easy one there. So yeah, Havertz. He just felt like a very short-term punt. I wish I'd gone for Foden, obviously. Yeah. Well, let's talk um, about Foden then. Are we are we all in the agreement that he is going to be sitting there for a while? Because I, I feel like that is inconclusive and it will always be inconclusive. No? David, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's he will always be an inconclusive starter. Yeah. But then that's just for all of them. Um, 
I think I feel like with Man City midfielders, and I'm being very anecdotal when I talk about this, I'm not going to be throwing stats into <laughs> this particular bit, unfortunately, but I feel like they're patchy uh, because they tend to be patchy with Pep. You know, there'll, there'll be like a six or seven game week period where Foden is unplayable, uh, you know, a potentially captainable fantasy asset for the, the ultra brave. Uh, and then it will come to an end for something we don't quite understand because we're not as you know genius as Pep is. Then it will be Mares. We'll have a go at that. Then then mm. Bernardo Silva will do it, but no one will really notice because everyone seems to have Bernardo Silva blindness. Yeah. You know, and I mean it, it could be Grealish after, but I, and Torres. They always kind of go in sort of like five or six game week patches, and in a way, the fact that Gundogan was so good for like 12, 13 game weeks. Yeah, it was an anomaly. Rare. He was he was yeah. Neo. Yeah, hundred percent. That's kind of the reason why I went for KDB was because I felt like he was the most consistent in terms of starts and <laughs> and mm. then and then sure enough <laughs> the, the the second week. Um. So yeah. So I I feel kind of an, a a bit let down mm. with our current or our previous thinking of the situation. Um. It's almost like you just need to jump on one and hold them. But then how much, yeah. how much are we willing to spend on that person? Cause you know, this is blocking and, my son, Kane, whatever, whoever I'm thinking. Yeah. Of getting. And it's how, it's how you react to these big calls as well that I think um, it's really important because like I said, I feel like the timer on Foden isn't long, you know, the, the period at which he's going to be worth owning. I don't think is going to be as long as people think, because there will just be a time in the season where he just won't play. Like he won't start like four in a row. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that, that happens to all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, if you've got him, I mean, if you've got him now, hold him, of course. Um, if you've already signed him, you know, sort of on a Monday night, um, you know, maybe wait a bit later to do your transfers normally, but obviously hold him too because you've already signed him. But um, I think you've kind of really got to wait. You've got to look at his starts and think, well, when's that going to end? Because he's had four in a row. And normally when a Man City player has had four in a row, that's when I start to think, oh, hold on. He's probably had his fill now. Yeah. Because um, there's a couple that haven't and then they'll come in. Yeah. Which is why I would rather just own De Bruyne. But how do I how do I get to him? It's the problem with Foden is he's so he's so attractive as as an option both with points and stats as well because in the last four matches he's had eight shots on target which is the second highest in the whole league only Salah's had more, um, twelve shots in the box again it's second oh, sorry it's third best in the league Bamford Antonio and Salah have had more that's when you go to the last four rather than matches rather than game weeks because Bamford obviously not playing but mm-hmm. his stats are very very good it means if he does play he's going to do very very well. Um, but as I said, it all hinges on those starts, and I just, I just, I just don't know. Um, I really well, don't know. So I'm very cautious. So I will probably hold off on him for a couple more weeks, and by that point, I feel like it would have passed, and it will all need Grealish, or we'll all need Mares, or we'll all need Torres. Yeah, it's so, almost like it's good. It might be a good idea to jump on someone who didn't do well in Man City, yeah. because then eventually they will start starting more Reverse often. Reverse engineer the whole uh-huh, thing. Just, yeah. yeah, or just go Bernardo Silva because he plays almost every single game. Um, I think he started nine. Did he start this weekend? I can't even mind. But I, before, when we talked about him last week, he started like eight out of nine game weeks or something, or seven out of eight game weeks, um, which is absolutely mental. Um, oh. Yeah, he started. Oh, I'm in my back. You're back. You're back. I was trying to mute myself, right? And then I turned my camera. You turned off, your right? camera. <laughs> yeah, I muted my camera. <laughs> He's left the chat. Um, I was just confirming that, yeah, he started every game apart from game one so far has Bernardo. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Pep loves him. He's, he's his, he, I think he's his favourite player. I think it was four years ago. It's the first season I started as, at Scout. I remember it was it was just after the World Cup. So it was really easy to pick a Man City midfielder because Pep said, my team is Bernardo Silva and 10 other players. Mm. And he hasn't said that recently, but I feel like he still believes it in here, does Pep. So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, we when remember Bernardo that. Leaves. Yeah. When Ronaldo leaves, he'll be there crying on the side of the pitch, being like, "We gotta replace him." <laughs> Gee, I think I think wherever he goes, Bernardo might go. It'd be really difficult for me if I was if I was playing under Pep and he said that about me. I would he would have my loyalty for the rest of my life, <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, shall we move on to headline two? Which strikers I, I, we can trust? I just wanted to say quickly on on Foden. Go um, for it. Because, I mean, I haven't said it already, but the reason I've moved Havertz out is for Foden. Obviously, what David said does worry me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's oh, no, all right. That's all right. See, I hope I haven't... I just want to say, I haven't deliberately sat here and thought, I can't wait to rinse Flapjack. You know? Like, that, that wasn't my thinking. So. No, no, no. I know. I know. And probably, I'd probably think about it a bit more if I'd waited to do my transfer, which I hadn't. Waited. Absolutely waited I, until we did this. I think, and I, I can only think with Pep, you know, I can't predict him. Mm. He's their most important attacking player at the moment, maybe even more than De Bruyne. He's probably the best at playing false nine with obviously Torres is out. Sterling, I believe, is injured. So he, you know, he can I think he's got enough positions. And Pep even said that um I can't remember the exact quote, so I almost don't want to quote him wrong. But basically he said Foden's the best in several positions for him. Hmm. So for that reason, and obviously it can go wrong. It's gone wrong many times. Um, in FPL when picking City players. But I think at the moment, Foden is nailed. Yeah. And because Havertz got reduced minutes, that made me justify it to myself in Foden as a more medium-term pick. And I'm sure d- down the line, I might consider moving him to Jota. So maybe I will end up just rotating that spot a little bit. But Oh, Foden yeah, we didn't talk out. about Jota, did we? No, and something that might be interesting, I guess we're going to get into it when we start talking about... Um, about captains, whether that is a debate or not, I don't know. Because a lot of people might just now be captain in Salah, their lone Trent. So there is something kind of appealing about then having that third Liverpool player. So that if everyone's celebrating or not celebrating their their Salah captaincy, at least you might get the assist or something. Well, I did that for a long time, Rich, but then Firmino came back and I got rid of him. And then this is what happens. It's it's the flaw in the plan, but I do like the idea of having a third Liverpool asset and there's not many you can go for. I mean... It's just heartbreaking to own. He's heartbreaking to own because he like I mean, we so all know so, there's a so hole in him. And so no, I know it. he's the same. It's the same <laughs> thing. Um, we all know there's a hole in them. It's the price them. bracket. It's, it's the anxiety. price bracket. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's the anxious price bracket. And I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm stuck on <laughs> Torres and Jota for three weeks or something after wildcard and them doing F all. And then, so the uh, su- summary for this headline is proceed with caution. Yeah. But they could all be good. Or Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we should have said. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I, we I, spent a I, long I time saying they they could be good, <laughs> but they're not bad assets. They're not bad assets. It's just you'd never you need to be Mystic Meg to actually have them at the right time. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like I feel like the and the annoying thing about this is that it's it's different to the other ones that could or could not play. It's like these guys all seem to have minutes even if they don't start as well. Like it's that weird price bracket where they do get subbed in more often than not as well. So it's not a case of, oh, you could get them like, and then have Livermento first on your bench. Like it just doesn't work. Um, so yeah. Hey, anyway. Also something else I've just thought on that is I just wondered now, cause David did the mystic ref, uh, mystic Meg reference. Dave, do you know who mystic Meg is or are you too young? Uh, I don't know specifically. It's more of a, it's more oh, of no, no, I meant Dave. Uh, other Dave. Oh, he's talking to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say, are you oh, guys no. the same age? <laughs> no, Mystic Meg. I've now exposed myself accidentally. I could have let him do it. <laughs> um, Mystic Meg was like a paper thing where you like, you like text in or call in or write in. Uh, and then well, she, she did, was eventually, but she was on the national lottery. Oh, mate, I know. The first Wait. one in like 1997. But yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm not even that in young, case, but yeah. 
In which case, it's not my age that is. No, that. it's more the fact that I don't watch the lottery. Yeah, neither do I. Who did you play the lottery? <laughs> who, who, who needs to watch the lottery when you have to w- look at the Man City team sheet every seven days? This, like this was in the nineties. This was when they were doing like FPL was through the post. Oh, that's <laughs> Man, I don't need lottery <laughs> now. I own Torres. I own exactly. Torres. Um, all right, which strikers can we trust? So, Rich, kick us off. Um. Oh, why me? Well, because um, I don't know exactly what you yeah. mean by this. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It, it, it's just something I thought of because obviously, I, I guess last week a lot of people had a lot of money to spend because of the Lukaku injury. So people were looking at you know Kane and Vardy, who obviously got three points between them. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got Jimenez and Antonio, who seem to be consistently returning now, in particular Antonio. And then you've got all these really cheap options as well. So. I guess what might be fun here is if we pick up maybe our ideal three, like if we were wildcarding oh, like now, yeah. who would our three be? Obviously, and that takes into account, I guess, squad structure as well, because mm-hmm. I ended up going quite cheap on my wildcard. Like I've gone for, I went for Antonio, Tony and Pookie. Um, I know the last one might be a bit controversial because they, well, they scored two goals all season, but he scored both of them and they've got really, really good upcoming fixtures. And yeah. he's on penalties, which I quite like in a striker. Especially at five point eight. So would you keep that same three then? Because I was surprised that you went for Antonio, to be honest with you. Um, and and a lot of people on wildcard were getting rid of him the week before. You know, many more people transferring. He's got more transfers out than in. Um, but you brought yeah. him in. You didn't have him before. It's not like you just kept him. It's with him. I I took him out because he was suspended, as part of a move to get Ronaldo. And then when I was wildcard and I realized like I should never have transferred him out and I got lucky. He should have scored a lot of the games he's banked in. He should have scored. Mm-hmm. Like, so I know why he's not on penalties and his fixtures get harder. Um, so I felt like Antonio is a, is a no brainer for me. Um, yeah. Tony is the same because their fixtures are so good and he's on, on penalties. And then Pookie I'm using as sort of a rotation or maybe more of a first sub, but I will play him in certain games. So I, I don't know. I think maybe at the moment, those three are the way to go. Um, yeah. or or maybe variations of them. Um, David, what, what what do you go for? I know I know I didn't even tell you this was going to be a question, but um... <laughs> no, but I, I'm glad that it is because I've been, I've been thinking this sort of subconsciously for a couple of days of just like yeah, I I'm a bit sort of as much as I've got a bit of anxiety about those midfield players you mentioned. I kind of have anxiety about the whole forward selection because yeah, we have this conundrum right now where if you go and look at um, any kind of like fixture difficulty ranker or a season ticker or a spreadsheet um, with the fixtures on or whatever, like you're going to see that over the next six, uh, Brentford are top for attacking potential, Norwich are second, Spurs are third, Chelsea are fourth, Leeds are fifth, and Liverpool are sixth. So in those top six, teams are best fixtures, right? Um, Liverpool, you're not going to you're not going to want their forwards. Uh, Leeds, um, you know, you, you probably don't want to cover them in forward section because Bamford, Rodrigo, I mean, which one do you go for? One of them's not fit. You know, you probably go with Rafinha, so you're not bothering there. Chelsea, mm-hmm. again, Werner and Lukaku, both injured. No idea when they're coming back, so you probably cover them in midfield. Um, Norwich, you've already mentioned there, two goals all season. I make you some pick that makes sense, but in terms of can we trust them? I mean, I, I'm, I don't trust Pokey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say he's a bad option, but it's just for me, I need trust. So then it really just leaves Brentford and Spurs, which are the two teams from the top six, where I feel like there's maybe a striker I can trust. And But the thing with Tony is, so I do I do like Tony, but if Mbumo's fit, or Mbumo, I still haven't worked out which one is the right one, so forgive me. I don't know um, either. I'll just call him Brian. Is that is that his first name right? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, it is. We'll call, Brian. We'll call him Brian. Is it Brian with a Y? It is. Yeah, so <laughs> it's an y. easy one. 
So let's if Brian's fit, then I'll probably go him to be honest, because it kind of looks like Tony, whilst being the penalty taker, kind of has a slightly different role to just out and out centre forward. Mm. You know, he's had no big chances in the last four, for example, uh, mm. seven shots in a box, four on target. So he's not he's not like in the same kind of bracket as your Salas or your or Foden <laughs> or you know th- these players that are shooting a lot, big chances, relatively a decent amount of time, and then the shots on target are also good. You know, that's where Vardy was until the most recent week, but he only played forty five minutes, so he's kind of dipped down a little bit. Um, if Vardy's completely fit, I would probably include Vardy in this, even though the fixtures aren't amazing. It's Vardy. Yeah. Next up is Arsenal. He can score against them. Then it's Leeds away. Chelsea defence, I don't actually think is quite as strong as their clean sheet total tells you. Their XG conceded is higher than I think Aye, most that, people would think. That Brentford game, wasn't it, that like totally exposed them for for the the amount of goals that they should have scored versus <laughs> and did Villa, actually the Villa score. game as well. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. I test support so, you, David. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so Vardy, Vardy can score there. He can score there. Then they've got Watford next. He can score there. Southampton away. Yep. Villa away. Yep. So if Vardy's fit, I'd include him in that because don't look at this week's stats for kind of like last four, last six, because they're a little bit skewed by his injury. I feel like Vardy's uh, stats are always skewed in, in, in that respect anyway, in regards to, you know, he's always either going to score or not score. It doesn't matter who he's playing or how he's played. Yeah. He's going to score just, or not score. Thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of players, they need that form stuff, but he, he will just like, I feel like if you get Vardy in, you can just hang on and he'll be fine. And it doesn't really matter yeah, by the terms of what's going on. When uh, when Ian Acho was doing really well, that was the first time in a long time where a fit Vardy wasn't worth owning because they played a True. different system. They, they yeah. played three five two, and that meant that uh, out of uh, they had to because they didn't have Barnes and uh, they just didn't have balance in their widths. They had to use, they had to use the wing backs, so then Vardy had to provide some additional width. Correct for yeah. Ian Acho, because of course you know it, it would be too much work for the fullbacks to just police those flanks on their own, and then that's that was the first time he was like difficult owning but then now that they've got they can play like a, a 4-2-3-1 again or a 4-1-4-1 or basically effectively have four midfielders again or five he is the number one center forward again and we're we're starting to see and and I, i'm annoyed with myself because i've been saying this since before game week one and this most recent game was the first time i owned him and he went off injured mm. um but we've been seeing his stats are so good you know that he's up there with people there's this misconception he's a stat buster he hasn't been a stat. This idea that he would always have like one shot per game and it would go in. Mm. Like he hasn't had that like for about four years because whenever he's in decent form, he is shooting left, right, and center. He's always really high up for shots in the box, always yeah. really high up for big chances, always high up for shots on target. Which is but but that's why he's such a good option. So if he's fit, I, I want to still include him in that. But in terms of Brentford and, and Spurs, yeah, like I'm a bit uncertain about Tony's role and is he the best Brentford attacker to own? Possibly not, because I think Brian is better. <laughs> and then the other thing is is Kane. He's on my radar, but not to own right now. But I mean, you asked the question, would I, if I was wildcarding now, I would be giving serious consideration to Kane just if I wanted to take advantage of the fixtures and I felt like my structure relied upon not owning Son. Um, because... Yeah, their fixtures over the next two, like on paper, aren't great. But Man United at home next. Man United just conceded five at home to Liverpool, right? Then they play Everton in game week 11. Everton just conceded five at home to Watford. Mm -hmm. So the next two games, we could see Spurs get some goals just because they're playing some bad defences. And then in game week 12, that's when it gets really interesting because you've got Leeds at home. That's a fixture you feel like you can trust. Burnley away, Brentford at home, then Norwich at home in game week 15. Like That run for Kane could be really, really exciting. 
And even though people have their doubts about Spurs over the last four, there's there's some things about Kane that I like enough to just keep an eye on because uh, he's had seven shots on target in the last four. Only Foden and Salah have had more than that in that period. So even though he's not shooting like a heck of a lot, he's starting to wind up a little bit. And uh, he's, you know, created two big chances whilst there's a little bit of assist potential there. The next two games are going to be really interesting kind of scouting opportunities for him. So I'm not going to get him <laughs> right now. <laughs> but I feel like in two or three weeks' time, we could all be sat here going, right, Kane's fixtures are incredible. He has scored in, you know, three of the last four or something like that. Yeah. Is now the time. And then that may be the time I get go go try and get him. So... Can I trust him now? No, but I might be able to trust him in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. But you know, at least having a plan to get him in, like I had a plan, and I guess my plan yeah, still applies. Yeah. You know, I have a way to get him if I if I, if you know if I need to. Um, but I mean, that plan can involve, I guess, going big in midfield and then you know cheap strikers up front. Um, but I get what you mean with the trust issues. Like obviously, the fact I've had to go for Puki, where they scored two goals this year um, or this season. I mean, it is a bit. You know, it is a bit ridiculous, but he's only 5.8 million. And when I looked at him compared to Brozier, obviously Brozier's now scored two in a row um, and he's five min- He's five million instead of 5.8. Um, it was just the secured, you know, nailedness of starts for someone like Puki, where, you know, you're not going to start him every week. Uh, he might be your first or second sub sometimes or third sub like this week. But at least, you know, I, I mean, I can't see a way um, that he's going to get dropped. Obviously, they've, they've signed Sargent, but he doesn't seem to be much of a goal scorer. Um, mm. In particular, based on, I mean, not just stats, but, you know, watching that miss he had against Brighton as well. I just can't see a way that, that Pookie's dropped. Um, so so what would the actual three be then? Um, you know, if, if if you had to, you know, if we forced and you to work right, right now. now. Yeah. Right now. Um, <laughs> Gun to your head. And, this, and, and it's pre, and, and I turn around and stare down the barrel and be like, but Brendan Rodgers hasn't done his next press conference yet. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, assume Vardy's in, injury free then. Injury free. All right. Okay. Right. Then it would be it would be Vardy. Um, I think Antonio because I just I trust him too much. I just yeah. love Antonio. Um, and oh, here's the moment where I go blank. Um, let's go. Let's go, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. I think Tony's almost in there because there's so few other options that you yeah. just sort of. And it's the fixtures too. Yeah. You use the fixture yeah. sometimes as, a, as an additional level of filter. But that, that's why I like this as a question, because I feel like it is a conundrum for people, because you look at the fixtures and, the, and the, the majority of teams that have the best fixtures don't really have the form forwards to back it up. And, and so then that is probably just what pushes Tony to the top of the queue and the other Tony, as in an Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate that. I really hate that. I, I'd much prefer it if we had a, a really hot, informed striker sliding in to this period of epic fixtures and we just we don't really have that at the moment yeah it would be useful um but dave who would your three uh who yeah really three quickly be? before the piss break um someone that we haven't mentioned is wang um he has been doing well four starts three goals um got everton next to watford absolutely uh, slaughtered um then crystal palace west ham norwich burnley so still got decent fixtures he's only 5.7 i think I'd, I'd i'd like to jump on him if if i was still going for a differential like tony is obviously the fixtures are amazing we talked about brentford's uh fixtures and and how how much they're probably going to score um but if i was you know lacking in differentials i wouldn't mind going wang 
Um, but yeah, I want to keep Vardy. Um, I think that he's a better option um, than most, you know, 10 million plus players uh, other than Salah right now. Um, it's just a shame that he got a knock. Um, and then, yeah, Antonio, I think someone in the chat, uh, FPL Game Week said, uh, keep Antonio till he breaks. And I'm absolutely in that camp. Mm. Like, I, I've never once wanted to get him out. Um, I think I was maybe considering it. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I can't see myself want to go anywhere else. And I'm glad that you got him on your wildcard. It makes me feel better about keeping him. And um, the fixtures aren't that bad, as we talked about. So, yeah, I think it would be Vardy and Antonio and then Tony or, or Wang, depending on my other players and differentials and all that stuff on a wildcard. Um, but I think we covered every, everyone there. It was a really good question. Well done on the headline, mate. Good shit. Well done. <laughs> the, Huang, the Huang thing. I thought David was going to, because I know, David, you love stats. So I thought you were going to come in with, uh, so he's had five shots, hasn't he? And he scored, what, three goals? Mm, it's funny that. you say that. He he said, I, I thought you were going to say I love puns, because what you said was, we're going to have the piss break in a minute, but I want to talk about Wang. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very subtle. Like did. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so let's go for the piss break. And then when we come back, we can do headline three and Traptons. And questions. And questions and other general chat. And then, you know, I'll, I'll get it right one day. All right. <laughs> Speak to you guys in a bit. <laughs> Welcome back, and we'll go straight on to the third headline. Now, the reason I did this headline was basically because David's on, but I think it's also a good opportunity just to you know discuss our captain plans for upcoming ga- upcoming game weeks as well, not just this game week. And we had a question from Coinflip asking Foden captain. Um, but D- David, if we if we start with you, do you think there's going to be? Is it, this is actually really interesting because obviously you did the captain videos with Joe um, for a few years. Is there going to be much discussion um, <laughs> about <laughs> Captain for the next few next few weeks or months? Not to try and reduce the number of listeners to it, but you know. <laughs> um, well, what I will say is, um, you know, when we when we used to make those videos, we used to hate the weeks that were like that because we'd be like, well, it's going to be really hard to fill because we need this to be at like half an hour for people kind of feel like they're getting a good whack, you know? It's yeah. the, they're paying good money for these stats; they want to see, you know, some good analysis of it. Um, so yeah, I, I used to hate weeks like this, but but sometimes it's kind of fun to put forward an alternative option and then sort of flip in Captain Salah anyway, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just for a bit of a laugh. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I'd like to think that their video will still be half an hour this week. I'm sure Joe is always very good at, at also making sure that we, you know the other alternatives are put forward. And so then, if people don't know the kind of process that we used to go through, would be we'd always try and marry up form and fixture rather mm-hmm. than just pick a form player and a fixture player. We try and see if we could find someone who could tick both boxes. And so how we would normally do that would be we'd pick out the teams that um, were to be considered sort of the whipping boy category. Yeah. Um, and so, that, I mean, to arbitrarily do it do it for you now. I mean, if you look at, say, I, I'm a big fan of the last four matches. So mm-hmm. teams that have conceded the most big chances over the last four matches are Aston Villa with 13 and Man United with 13. Everton with 12, Watford with 11, Newcastle with 10, Samantha with 10. So they're like the bottom six. Yeah. Uh, on that. So then you kind of, then I'd I'd go and look at okay, well, any of these people playing these people this week, um, and you know, um, 
Man United are obviously playing Spurs. So I'd probably be like, well, if I own Kane, I'd maybe captain him. Because, um, you know, if I was that kind of player, if I own Kane in the first place, I'm already prepared to make a differential decision. So yeah. why not captain That is a late <laughs> riser type captain, exactly. isn't it? It's an upside thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Newcastle obviously are in that sort of um, that bottom bracket as well. And they're playing uh, Chelsea. So then, you know, Havertz, what he did last week has obviously made people think, well, maybe he can't do it again. But again, if again, if you're looking for an upside, then Havertz actually really isn't a bad option because you'd be the, you'd think the centre forward playing up against a defence that um, has been playing yeah. um, really, really poor. Yeah, of course. Um, again, Aston Villa were in that list, weren't they? Bottom for big chances conceded. And they're playing uh, Antonio. And Antonio is a relatively consistent guy. Um, mm-hmm. If he goes up against obliging defences, he will knock the doors down and he will get points. Um, so there's certainly a, a decent number of um, alternative options out there. Um, and, and the thing is, you, you could probably make a case that they're probably stronger uh, options to go for, possibly, than Salah on paper. When you look at the fact that Brighton's defence has been um, a little bit better than those guys. Um, you know, they've kept two clean sheets in the last four, mm-hmm. uh, which is the joint most. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Norwich have kept two clean sheets in the last four. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if... If, if you're looking for an alternative kind of like train of thought, I mean, Salah, Salah's form is just incredible. No one is matching him. He is the form captain pick. But if you felt that there were other players that were sort of slightly closer to his form, but you wanted a more obliging opponent, they're definitely out there this week. It's just how, how big are your balls? Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. And something that sticks, sticks in my big. mind here is obviously, we, we you know, Brighton, like you say, Brighton's defensive stats have been pretty good th- throughout the season, throughout quite a bit of last season as well. But then the fact that Man City put four past them you know, yeah. in the in the most recent game week, and that was you know that Brighton were at home as well. That was at the MX. So then you start thinking, oh, it's Salah against a team who's just conceded four to Man City. Yeah, Liverpool being the best attacking team in the league. Yeah, I always find, I do find these captaincy discussions really interesting. I mean, even if it's just looking, you know, you could use it in a different way and look use it as like a one week punt. So, you know, you could mention I guess different captaincy options and use it in a different use it in a different way. Yeah, um, well, I think the weeks I pref- the weeks I liked the most was when would when there would be a standout captain, kind of from a um, a community perspective, where it's like, oh, we all have to captain this guy, right? Because yeah. he's done really well. Yeah, and he's playing a team who everyone has a perception that they're not that great. And then if you can find someone who betters that, and then you, you, it's a strong enough case you can captain them, and then it pays off. It's massive. So. Um, I'll use an example from one of my earliest days as scout when I still felt like just a humongous imposter for even being there. I mean, no one made me feel that way, but it's just like when you replace Mark Southerns, it's yeah, like... Yeah, I was going to say. Not... Um, yeah. It was game week eight of the 2018-19 season when Kane was about to play Cardiff. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, yeah, and I do. <laughs> no one owned Kane at that time. So then everyone was like, oh, I have to sign Kane right now. I have to take a minus 12 just to get Kane because he's playing Cardiff and they're rubbish. That was like the that spread like a disease across yeah and every, you know, it was the like the football. two two games that he had that were really good and it was it was definitely one of those like um spinning it was just one game wasn't transfer it? Yeah. or was it so so then what happened was, was everyone had this perception that cardiff were going to get completely destroyed and that kane was going to be the chief you know destroyer uh-huh. and it was really <laughs> nerve-wracking because i was looking at the stats and thinking i can't see this i can't see this in the stats at all because kane's offensive stats hadn't been that great you know, he'd been offering not too many shots, not too many big chances, not too many shots on target. Uh, at the same time, Cardiff's defence, while having conceded a large-ish number of goals, their defensive stats weren't bad. Like, their XG conceded um, per game was 
was like somewhere mid table. So it wasn't like amazing. But the point was they weren't whipping boys because that's what I'm always looking for. I'm looking for a whipping boy. In yeah. that same game week, Chelsea were at Southampton and Southampton's defence was dreadful. It was like the worst in the league. And Hazard was his his stats were fantastic midfield player so he was creating chances left right and center mm -hmm. shooting a lot it was that season where he it was his last season at Chelsea where he really left on a high and it's and that was already borne out in the stats yeah and so this is this is when it comes off best is when everyone just absolutely everyone piled in on Kane and I I have no idea how I managed to put off the pressure didn't even sign him at all when like everyone owned him and captained him captain Hazard and in that game week, I got something like 90 points in a game week where most people got 40 because they'd like wow. taken hits to get Kane. And yeah. I went from I went from like 100k to like 4k in one game week. That's and so, but but that but that all came from the captaincy video. You know, I wouldn't have had to make I wouldn't have ended up making that choice unless I'd sat down and I'd looked at those two schools of thought of or the two boxes I want to tick, which is um, the players' offensive stats are they good? The the defenses uh, defensive stats are they bad? If you can just find a week where the guy who um, is like the most owned isn't really that good stats wise, and there's someone else, that's when you go for those. And, and it's going to be massive. I remember that that week vividly because I remember it was a lunchtime <laughs> kickoff as well. Because I remember watching yeah. it and Kane got booked. So I also didn't have him, but I think I just couldn't find a way to get him. And I can't remember who my actual captain was, but I just remember it was it was nerve wracking. Um, yeah, and it was it only one nil in the end. I think it was a really low scoring game, and just Kane just didn't come off at all, did it? Yeah, so. it was a really. I think it was a really random goal score, an own goal, or it was something ridiculous. Like it didn't <laughs> help anyone. Then he got booked. Um, it, I think that's actually it. Sort of reminded me a bit of Havertz this week, as in because I, I don't think EO was around back then, so I don't think Kane was that highly owned outside of maybe the hardcore i could yeah i don't know could be wrong because no one owned him like you said yeah the hardcore will go in really hard for him that was the yeah. thing was it was a week where i was still on the scout cast and i was on it with uh as joe and andy so it was like really intimidating being this new kid who was like <laughs> i actually i'm not gonna go with kane even though all of you are um so so <laughs> So many really like legit people went for it and it didn't come off. And it was all because all of the captaincy video. So interesting. Yeah. Well, Even if I'm we not can, on it anymore, keep watching it. <laughs> if we can harness that power that you have there for this week, and we talked there a little bit about Salah how, Blank. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. So Salah's obviously doing amazing. He scores the first hat trick ever, Old Trafford, like blah, 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 blah. But is he your <laughs> captain this week? Um, yes. Of <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We I move think... on to questions. I know. Thank I know. You. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. But um, is there is there an alternative that you would go in your team had you not had you found out that Brighton's defense were absolutely impassable? Oh yeah. I mean, if if I was feeling like Brighton's defense really could cause some issues, I would I would probably be looking at Antonio or Havertz. To be honest, um, right. it's just the problem is the reason why the salary example does and I'm sorry the Kane example is not completely transferable to this that's like an ideal to look out for in the future yeah, yeah um, of course the problem with Salah right now is that his individual stats are just too damn sexy they're just too good you know mm -hmm. you go look at him compared to the whole league for the last four matches 14 shots in a box best in the league eight big chances best in the league he's had three more big chances than like anyone else second place of that is Josh King and Christian Benteke on five you're not going to capture them you're not going to own them um, you know, shots on target, nine, that's the best. So when between those three, and that's before we even get started on the fact that he's created four big chances, that's the best as well. So his goal threat is the best in the league. His assist potential, if you go by big chances created rather than key passes, he's the best for that as well. 
I'm still going to captain him anyway. So it's uh, that's the thing. It's it's slightly different to if the player wasn't in form or whatever. Um, yeah, he's too good. He's too good right now. The only week that I could see. Um, so obviously, probably it sounds like we're going to captain Salah this week. The only upcoming week I could see where we might not captain Salah, and that's a it's a big might is possibly game week fifteen. So Liverpool <laughs> are away to Wolves, and then Spurs Jesus. are at home to Norwich. It's the only yeah. week I could see in the next few weeks where I'd even probably consider it. And even then, I probably would end and up... Man City <laughs> away at Watford. And they always absolutely tonk Watford like Ooh. to pieces. That, was that so, the 8-0? Yes. Like basically, I, I've, I've seen them go win 6-0 at Watford. I've seen them score 8 at the Etihad. Like, we've all seen it. Like, so that's a good... Yeah. That is a good game week to pinpoint because yeah. there might even be people that don't have like De Bruyne or or some other expensive Man City player. Maybe Sterling's back and banging the goals in by then. That'll be a really interesting week because people will probably not have Kane. They won't have De Bruyne. And they'll be looking at Salah and thinking, I don't want to captain him against Wolves. Well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. It made me really excited about game week 15. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to game week five game weeks from now. Um, I can't, I can't see myself not captain in Salah either. I, f- I feel like this is kind of disingenuous in, in terms of a, a. I really, really enjoyed the the chat, and I'm I'm definitely going to use how you guys did the the captain thing. But for this week and for the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week, like it's going to be a who you captain in Salah. Awesome, let's move on. I really want <laughs> I, to just captain someone else for the sake of it, and I did I that a game important... week ago, two game weeks ago with KDB, and I only lost out on two points to Salah, so it was okay. I got away with it, but that scared me into never doing that again. Well, this and this is the thing. Like, this is why I think it's interesting to discuss captaincy because if it sounds like you're only going to captain Salah, is there actually much need for you to have KDB when you could have Foden? Oh yeah, just, of to, course. just as an example. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Although is is Foden still going to be starting? I mean, coming back to what we talked about yeah, earlier, no, of course. Is he still yeah. going to be starting by then? It could be Greedish's turn by then. It could be Mares. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's tricky. Yeah. yeah. KDB's never going to go four game weeks without playing, whereas a lot of the other players, I think, could absolutely, without a doubt, go four game weeks with Pep forgetting they even play. Like, could he go four team. weeks without getting injured? Then well, yeah, well, well, and then, then I don't <laughs> need to make a decision. You know debate. what I mean? It's yeah, like, that's... oh, wait, okay, well, Kane's coming in then. <laughs> Welcome to the team, Kane. Um, so, shall we do questions now? Yeah, so I was just going to say, um, do you want to do mini leagues? Oh, I mean, sure. I guess if people want to join um, the mini league, the code is 4U2742. Um, we can come back to that, Dave, because I know yeah, you've got to pull screens. Yeah, do questions first, and then I'll do up. the screen. Yeah, let's do some questions. So the first question is for you, David, um, from FPL Soccer Crazy, who I'm pretty sure is in the chat. He's asking, um, why did you leave the scout, basically? You know, when I saw this on the list, I was I felt this weird level of excitement where I was like, it's these moments where I sort of can pretend to feel like a minus minor celebrity in some way, because every, every time I see this, it's like it reminds me of like, oh, you know, why did Steve Sidwell leave Reading in 2007? <laughs> like, and you know, then they like, gave him a weird squad number. Yeah. You know, but basically when people sort of start, because um, when you normally when you leave a job, people go, oh, cool. Like, I hope you like the new one. This is the first time I've ever left a job and people have gone, uh, why? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they're all strangers. They're all people on the internet that are just like, uh, why have you left that job? So it's it's just, I find it quite an interesting dynamic that I've never really experienced in life before because no one ever, no one asked. It must when be I nice. John Le- when, I, when I left John Lewis Cafe in 2010, <laughs> nobody asked then, they just got it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, always, I think it's a great discussion uh, point. I mean, basically, um, one of the main reasons I left was kind of just family, to be honest. Um, 
I worked in football six, no, seven, actually, seven years before I left uh, Scout. And the thing is, over that extended period, I worked for lots of different companies um, in that time, uh, two different newspapers and then Scout, uh, all doing sport. You basically just don't get weekends. <laughs> and so yeah. my first daughter was born in 2016. And, and when they're under the age of four and five, that's not that's not as bad you know, having to work a Saturday because they're not in school. And then you can just see, because I get days off in the week, like a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something like that. could see them then. But my eldest is now five. My second, uh, she's three. And she's very plugged into a, like she goes to preschool uh, four days a week now because my wife's photography business is, is booming. So it means that we, mm. she needs to be. So it pretty much means that like Saturdays and Sundays are really the only time that we get to spend like as a family. And um, so then between that and the thing is um football during the covid period it got a bit a bit much you know like there was games on just every day and there were people who were fans who found that a bit much you know like oh, do i really have to sit down and watch west brom yeah. burnley today yeah, yeah yes yeah. i do because i'm obsessed with it and i own dwight mcneil um, <laughs> <I'm lucky. laughs> um and, yeah well yeah exactly um and so then it got to the point where i was kind of just not really enjoying football for what it was and fpl as well you know i mean it's, it's no one's fault i mean i don't i don't blame anyone or anything it's just kind of life life's happened and when you do a job that um was previously a hobby and then becomes a job you kind of lose that uh, hobby element and you lose that enjoyment for it um yeah. so i wouldn't i wouldn't look at fpl as something that i did for fun i did it for work and 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 that was fine but it just it kind of takes up a different slot in your brain i'd get to the point where like i just i wouldn't engage with uh, fpl when i finished you know most people do this with their job i mean even if your job is just like if you're if, if you're a doctor or you work in a shop or something like you, you don't really when you finish want to have it all running around your head so i'd i'd leave work and then i would just switch fpl off for a bit and it would i went through a period where i basically just didn't watch many pod, uh, videos or podcasts because it was like a busman's holiday and like i said it just it, it kind of pulled some enjoyment away so when i had the opportunity to kind of go back into local news work monday to friday see more of the kids uh, learn to kind of like love football again I just I, I took the opportunity I thought it was a great challenge to to take up and I'd sort of done my time um, you know um, it's like I was saying earlier uh, before we came on actually sometimes when you are at the very forefront of some like quite popular videos it is fun of course and it's a great privilege but it sometimes just comes with a, a level of abuse that you're just not always ready for yeah, um, yeah and, there's always you know, idiots I'm, yeah, and the thing is, it's just by the law of averages, there's just going to be more of those idiots popping up when you're on things like the Scout Cast and um, and the Captaincy video. I had I had I had a couple a couple of really bad experiences with trolls that just that, that really uh, like affected me quite a lot. And so between all mm. those different factors, where I am now, I'm a much, I'm much more behind the scenes at the company I'm working at now um, because it's a company where if you're the editor, people don't really know who you are. Um, whereas when you're the editor of Fantasy Football Scout, like everyone seems to know who you are. Yeah, and um, effectively it's like i, I just care, i just care. i mean it, it's again i hope it doesn't sound rude to say but i just care more about my family than i do about fbl how and about football. dare you <laughs> care more about the people who you created than football <laughs> no you're absolutely fine it makes total sense it's almost like a boring answer i wish there was beef or like a rift oh, or something i know like it's, so, that's you know the thing i, mean? I like, wish I there wish, was i wish like someone punched someone at a, at a lunch or whatever and then and you know you had to go but it's just no i just i love my family guys sorry <laughs> yeah it, it is really boring i think some people i think sometimes this question comes out because people yeah do wonder if there was but that, but that's what I love about it. That's what I'm like. The fact that people think that there's a conspiracy. Someone once told, someone once suggested to me the reason I was leaving was because I'd had a fight with Joe about the captaincy video and that we'd fallen out big time. 
Um, there was one time. There was there was one time when Joe wasn't on the captaincy video for like two, three weeks because I think he was ill. Um, he, he, or he had some holiday, and someone like wrote in and was just like, right, like David's like osmosis of like absorbing F, like, fantasy football scouts. <laughs> You're taking over. He came in and he forced out Mark Southerns and then he forced out Granville <laughs> and now he's finally completed the trilogy by forcing out Joe and now he's like the emperor. And I was like, what is this rubbish? Like, you... so many <sighs> the theories, that's, I love it. I, I, I love it. Like, it's like fan fiction. Maybe yeah. that could be an idea yeah. for another book. <laughs> there you go. Fantasy football oh. right here. Uh, I, I would I would be really I'd find it really difficult not to just retweet that and just write this is all true and just oh. just let it fly and just see how far that goes um it would imagine, go well. imagine coming would go back well. from your holiday as as Joe and being like wait what <laughs> what <laughs> um anyway okay well great great answer I'm I'm, I'm I feel very uh happy that it wasn't you know crazy and it was just oh you know i love my family so that's really nice um yeah gotta put a positive spin on on anything anyway so it's really nice to be able to make a life decision for a positive reason so yeah absolutely yeah all right next question rich yeah so the next question is from tom um from fantasy football fix he's asked um i somehow still have danny ings and i've also got tony and antonio i really can't see anyone worth using a free transfer on with good fixtures and i'm not sure i want to upgrade upgrade to Kane in 12 either as he prefers Son so any suggestions so it's a bit like our second headline so he's got Ings Tony and Antonio yeah I guess this is a different way of twisting it though so if we've got Tony and Antonio would you stick or twist with Ings if we start with you should we start with you Dave yeah it feels so weird going from like a wholesome chat about why someone has chosen <laughs> to move on to I have Ings what do um <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people love doing that. I used to post pictures of me and my kids out on days out, like, oh, hey, we're just going to have an ice cream at the beach. And the top reply would be like, I somehow still have Danny Ings. Oh, um, yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> That's, it's ridiculous. I've seen someone that was like, wasn't that happened to a famous journalist in football where their 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 house was on fire and they tweeted saying like, oh, you know, everything's gone. I'm glad that everyone oh. got out. And then the top one was, what do you think of this transfer? Is this going to happen? Oh, and, he, and he replied saying, I'm a bit busy now, mate. <laughs> uh, which I loved. I loved. Um, but yeah, in regards to Ings, so we talked about, you know, Vardy being fit. We all kind of have him on our our, our list of 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 wants. Um, and then you've also got the opportunity to downgrade to someone who we've talked about, Broja, maybe Huang, um, and add money into your midfield if it is someone that you want. So I, I'm I'm happy with either. I feel like you could also just keep him. See. The biggest thing you can do, and I, I bet, you know, David, you're you're definitely one of these managers where if, see if you can't think of a good reason to get rid of someone, then just keep them and don't worry about it and look at somewhere else or just save the transfer. And then at least, you know, you've got a plethora of other options and other areas in your team that you can work on and build on for next week, as opposed to having to like fix the maybes in your team. Like if, 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 if he's just sitting there and he's, and he's, and he's not doing you any harm and you can't really think of a replacement, then you've already answered your question. I'm nodding so vehemently. That is me. All over. Um, if I, if yeah, if, if you can trust me to do one thing, any game week, you know, flip a coin. Like you know, what, what's what's the most likely thing he's going to do with this team this week? Rolling the transfer all the time because yeah. transfers are precious. You know, they really are. And if you can, if you if you've got ten players you're relatively confident in, and you can't find a replacement for things, bank that transfer, and then you got two for the next week, and then maybe you can mini wild card and change three players when it becomes yeah. more obvious who that like Ings replacement is. So 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of Ings for this game week, I mean, I don't, I mean, he might prove me wrong now. I mean, he, I mean, I think his credentials for this week aren't like amazing. Um, his minutes per expected goal involvement over the last four is every 363 minutes. It's not great. <laughs> and then also West Ham uh, XGC last four is the third best in the league behind only Leicester and Man City. So if Ings does get something this week, I would be surprised. But it doesn't mean that you should sell him and therefore rob yourself of the opportunity to do the David Monday, which is to roll a transfer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. It doesn't seem like a pressing need, does it? Because then afterwards, he's got Southampton, Brighton and, and Palace. I, I guess it depends, though, doesn't it? Like, if it enables another move, I still really like Pookie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's I'm more options. He's in my team. Uh, just but then teaming again, with love for him. Yeah, but I was going to say because of penalties, but then El Ghazi's not in the Villa team, so I guess Ings is on penalties for... Yeah, we'll Villa. need, to, we'll need so, to see. We'll need to see. But I, um, another one was is that see if you've got Livermento, just just bench him, just bench the uh, the striker and play Livermento because it's it's the key to happiness is is to have him and your team do well. So don't worry too much about it. Like that's always an option. See if you think like, oh, you know yeah, what, this what is really bad. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. What the worst case scenario is that they both blank and then you know was, you've done nothing wrong. I was thinking this with Livermento though. Like he's obviously been pretty good he's not been to the levels of lundstrom who mm. they for people listening on the podcast david's got obviously his lundstrom shirt um, behind it but you know nine is the highest points that lundstrom's <laughs> put up and if i was ranking like my top like i don't know 50 defenders i don't think livramento would be in the top 20 i haven't tried doing it um but there's so many good defenders at the moment i think he's just a good cheap sub i don't think he's more than that I'm going to uh, eat my words when he hauls again this week. Well, it's interesting because our I'm, next I'm, question is F from FPL Truncheon <laughs> that has asked what is Rich's top 20 defenders. So if you want to just take <laughs> it away, Rich. <laughs> I tried to think of a random FPL name and Truncheon. I'm, I'm pretty Rich, sure I could do... Not Livermento. No. <laughs> <laughs> he anyway. wouldn't be in the top 10. No, I know. but Definitely it's just, wouldn't was, be in it, the top 10. It's, if it's, price wasn't a thing, obviously, and that we obviously we don't play the game like that. No. I, well, anyway, to go back to, to Ings's... Uh, I was going to say Ings' question. Yeah, Ings, the Ings' predicament is that, like, yeah, just just keep him if you're not too bothered, if you yeah. can't think of a replacement. And if you have someone on the bench that's doing well that you don't seem to be getting in or he's coming in, you know, just and no more, like Livermento has been doing for a lot of players, and yeah, just stick him in your team, bench the guy you don't really like, and then figure it out next week. Yeah, yeah. And we got one more question. Um, so Michael Lund, it's kind of based on the um, headline we did last week. Um He's asked, um, do you see any fixture-proof midfielders in the price range of six to eight millions? Thanks for a great pod. So, th thanks, Michael. And a preemptive great pod. I, like this, really. I guess if we we could all maybe shout out a player we like in that in that bracket. Um, David, do any spring to mind for yourself? Oh, he's picked. He's picked the anxiety bracket. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it six so to every eight? single one of these brackets seems to be a bit tricky. Like Rafinha yeah. seemed to be the standout one last week, but now. <laughs> I'm, ha it's, it's I'm happy tough. with that. I'm happy with that. We talked it's about Rafinha a lot last week too, didn't we? And we were worried about it. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they're all options I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk on, potentially, if I was that kind of manager, mm. uh, for three or four weeks or something. But there, uh, there doesn't appear to... I don't think there's anyone who's... You know, uh, I, I, another way of putting it could be set and forget. You know, I mean, you think back to... Uh, uh, Yamares from a long time ago, or Ryan Fraser from a long time ago, or I'm trying to think of some others, or Gundwan. You know, I can't, I can't really see anyone who I could put a hand on heart and say could be that. I think yeah. the person who's got the best chance of being that is probably Foden, but even then, it probably still has 
it's got you know it's got a short expiry date on it like you know when you try and buy bacon from the corner shop you know you never quite know how many days you've got left on it <laughs> yeah eat that um, as soon as possible for anyone listening. Yeah. i like that <laughs> definitely so yeah so, sorry to, yeah I, I i i hate saying no to questions but i don't know yeah no I'm, just I'm say no boring. be assertive be assertive yeah. get them right, no out. yeah no, no there's none all right i agree no <laughs> there's none <laughs> well if, if you think about it this way um, just to mention is that we have what 10 game weeks now nine and and there is yet to be like a someone in that price bracket that everyone owns that everyone will own and it seems like so that's your answer is that if there hasn't been one yet then how do we predict the next one it's almost like ben rama was a was a must-have and you couldn't have anyone else but now mm. you know he's he went down in price just last night mm. uh, it's it's Rafinha and sar have had the same and then lost it again yeah so, you're always gonna that so that price yeah. bracket it's almost impossible to find someone that that season keeper for the whole way was up was priced six million or, or or to eight million i don't i can't remember a single usually you'll find a defender because you know they they come as like this four million package of goodness and that's fine and we always seem to find one but i can't think of a six to eight million midfielder that i genuinely have kept all season so it's, it's funny isn't it because like um obviously about three weeks ago i had Saar, ben rama and rafinha the players we've just mentioned and they were all doing really well and i was yeah. thinking oh, i'm just gonna stick with these guys and I, I guess the closest to one is probably rafinha he's obviously had a lot of things outside of his control um mm-hmm. well like he's had the injury he's had traveling to brazil all you know phillips injury bamford's injury i think all these things have impacted him i still want to try and keep him like i'm gonna try and bench him this week um the only thing i noticed with him though is at christmas like (laughs) december the 11th he plays chelsea away three days later he's got man city away then he's got arsenal at home and then liverpool away on boxing day it's like this two-week period where he's Mm. probably got the third the three toughest away games um in the spin, like um, 16, 17, and 19. Another thing so, is that he plays for Leeds, who have been playing really shite, mate. Well, so there's that, that <laughs> that's another to, one. That's all, That's probably all the injuries. I mean, may, maybe it's not. Oh, maybe yeah, well, they've not. been playing without Phillips yeah. and stuff, and Bamford's been away. Um, so it's not his fault. But it's the same thing. Like, we just we just don't know. Um, the punts are there. Like, we've been talking about ones that are maybe a bit cheaper, and that's fine, Brian and whatnot. I love that we're calling him Brian. I'm never going to stop that now. Brian, yeah. Mbwemo or whatever. Um, Top marks for not trying. No, no, I know. I know, I know. Thank <laughs> you, thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, so uh, you don't really need to go into this weird six to eight when there's less than six million players that are, are kind of a similar punt. So just save your money and get Sonnen or Vardy or whoever's expensive. I like the, in the chat, there's been a couple of people mentioning, well, Triple Sex, Triple Stex mentioned um, Ward Prowse. Obviously, he's been suspended. Mm. Um, Sonnen's fixtures are still quite nice. and he, That's true. I always talk about penalties, but penalties, set pieces. And this is the first he time he's had, had a rest in. ever in his life. <laughs> he's just Again, had a nice He's week. not a season keeper, is he? Um, no, of course. It doesn't answer the question. We're just now guessing punts. I like, you know, I like, I like the shout, hand. though. I think he's one we could maybe keep an eye on. Um, but we'll see. But then the good fixtures will end soon. Um, every week we say it, talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> one further down the there. line. All uh, right. So yeah. the corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we go do the... Uh, real quick, we'll do the leaks then. Yeah, do you want to bash through them bam yeah i'll bash them don't you worry i'm bashing them uh lukaku kaku has risen to the top this week um 688 points total 111 this week which is phenomenal and then change the name though lukaku kaka 
That's their team name. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I, I can read them both though. You want to have an Jag top? <laughs> Is that why you did it? Because it was, it was, you wanted no, I to can't. Trivia? I can't read it for me. It's too small. All um, right. Okay. Fair play. And then uh, Gaz Byron or change name of change name fame. One hundred and seventeen points this week, which is amazing. But the biggest one, I think of the week uh, Benny and the Jets Matthew Benchett is 131 points I'm actually going to look at his team right now I'm, I'm curious what did he do Captain Salah of course Jesus Jimenez Mount Rudiger Alexander Arnold 131 yeah oh Mount Foden Salah captain yeah he's got the three midfielder Jeez. beasts how many oh, points does that make three players wow well, do those three players have probably outscored your team, mate. They have Foden and and, and Salah are on yeah, uh, on 60, odd, sixty-six points, and then four is seventeen, twenty, ninety points for Mount Foden and, and Salah. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. Well done, mate. Very good. <laughs> and then uh, fourth and fifth, we've got uh, Joseph Alvarez and John Lee. Unfortunately, John Lee um, went down with ninety-four points this week, and he went down in this league. It's very it's competitive. Tough, tough league, isn't it? So yeah, the code for that is four U two seven four two. If you if you want to join, and do you want to just quickly go over the the Patreon yes, league as the, well? Not the surgery Patreon league. We thought, David, and I don't know if you guys get this, but uh, or you did when you worked, but we weren't. We had a few people saying that we didn't want they, anyone to know that we were in a Patreon for fantasy football. So uh, we were throwing names around and what we could call it that it was like you know conspicuous that it wasn't this the wasn't Patreon. Me, so I decided to go. Oh no, it was James actually. And, and in the end, he called it not the surgery patron link. So we, we landed on that. So hopefully that's, you know, pleased everyone. Very nice. Um, really solved the problem. But go on, go on, Dave. <laughs> uh, so up top, we've got as, as same as last week, uh, Jorgen Rosberg. I'm going to nail these names. I know it. And then Patrick Prendergast, uh, or the hitman, as he's well known. Um, Bitter and Stout, Mike, 801 points. Decent. Oh, wow. Um, really decent. Then Todd, Ian, Matthew. Damien, Emma, Frederick, and Marvin is up next. Yeah, I was going to say, Matthew's Banana Nose Maldonado. He had a pretty big score considering he didn't captain Salah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Who? Yeah, what one? Sorry. Incredible scores. Who, Matthew? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. He did 88 too. 88 points with Havertz captain. I'm sure I'm sure there's others like that as well. I just, I just noticed his one in particular. Mm-hmm. No. Well, there you I'm go. I through everyone's teams, but obviously having Foden's help there. Yeah, um, man. So I guess All right. We, we go through our so yeah so if you want to join the surgery patreon as well you can go to patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery or you can just google it as well and now we're going to go on to traptons mm-hmm. so shall we begin with i think this is david's team judging by sar bam yeah gives it away it's got to be me it's got to be me if sar's there it is all right perfect yeah. there you go what's your plans buddy Whoa. Well, not to panic. That's the most important thing. We're um, rolling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might well do. I mean, if, if all three of those guys are fit, I'll probably roll. Uh, if I have to make some changes, I mean, it is. if I have to make some changes, it'll be whoever I have to move because of injuries, probably. Yeah. Um, but uh, if Rafinha isn't doing too well, then uh, and uh, Brian um, is okay. <laughs> um you know if his if his t-shirt and ties combination is something i can't keep my eyes off then mm. i'll definitely be going for him um oh, okay. um but it's all dependent on rafini because if rafini's fit i'll keep him uh with vardy um if he's not fit then well, i mean it, that becomes then tricky um i could maybe go for a punt on kane 
Uh, if Pinnock's not fit, then I'll probably, to be honest, just start Dina because I'm just probably too patient. Uh, but if I am going, but if I were to feel like I was going to get rid of Dina, or we just get Liveramento at this point because why the hell don't I own him? So mm. it's it's a little bit up in the air. I wish I could be more uh, decisive and definitive, but there is so much up in the air. Flag wise, how much like, how much did you have in the bank again? Sorry. Uh, what before I made my transfers? Yeah. This week. Uh, so I got because I got none left now. But before I okay. um, did um, Ronaldo to Vardy and Gallagher to Havertz and what was it Semedo to Pinnock, mm. I'd had two million ish running around in the bank for a little while because I got Gallagher in for who would it have been like in like game week three or something. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I sold like someone who was like eight million. Mm. Got Gallagher. I just I had a bit of money lying around for a while. Sometimes I don't like to invest it if I don't feel like I should. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm one of them as well. I think I've yeah, got like I've, I've got, um, Fernandez, you've got none now. Because I just wonder because you mentioned Vardy to you mentioned Vardy to Kane potentially, so that would be part of a bigger move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's just also up in the air. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wish I, I. It's annoying. Like I wish I could be more decisive, but with the flags, I, I'm a religious. Like I do not make my transfers until the last day of the. The game week, like it's very, very rare that I'll sign someone before hmm. because it, it it was a, probably a little bit off brand at Scout because we'd be so big on making sure everyone paid attention to our coverage of the press conferences. It yeah, would just feel a bit remiss of me to just screen the press conferences do the transfer yeah. anyway. So, but also I I generally think that um I'm happy to I'm one of these people I have to invest point one in information rather than save it to not have the information because yeah, I'm a very sense. cautious foreign manager. So, so here's a question yeah. for you. If all three of them are injured, what what's happening? Uh, so Vardy's not playing. He's Duffy's gonna be been dropped, hasn't he? Duffy's potentially dropped. Yeah. As yeah, I mean, that could that could possibly trigger the wild card. I've, I've held on to it for <laughs> oh, a while. I like that. That's the answer um, I wanted. <laughs> That's the answer I wanted. There we go. My answer just got a little bit more interesting. You should, yeah. you should, be, you should be a journalist. That was great. Thank um, you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I don't I don't want to use the wild card, though. It will be a forced wild card if that happens. My plan the whole season has been to hold off on using it because I've always wanted to be one of those people that is able to get... You know, you, know, you can usually get like a really good bounce out of wild carding in the winter. And then between January and March, you make a lot of ground on the people who either wildcarded early or want to save their wildcard for chip season yeah. towards the end of the season. You can make a lot of ground there that sometimes you can hold on to even in chip season without the wildcard. I thought that the ideal way of getting around that was holding on to the wildcard until like game week 16, 17, so that a wildcard effectively as if it were an early second wildcard, but actually it's a late yeah. first one. Yeah. Did you do that last season? Because that was a very no, big, that was very big last season, it. wasn't it? Oh, you haven't gotten there before. You haven't been able to. So I, I want to do it this season so I can have that winter bounce, mm -hmm. but also still have the uh, the wild card for the chip season. Because I feel like if you can do both of those things, you're giving yourself the best chance. It's just can you get to that first wild card at a late stage without having to use it? And I'm a little bit nervous that yeah, if all three of those guys are red flagged, I may have to play it now, which is been on. It's funny this because was... oh yeah, go for it, Rich. Oh, no, I was just going to say that because that was my plan. I was holding the wild card and I was getting asked, you know, why are you holding it? What are you holding it for? But I was just trying to hold it as long as possible. I feel like this season's conspiring to stop you from doing that because <laughs> yeah. comfort flags everywhere. Like Mark Southerns has held his wild card and I believe he's activated it like two nights ago or something I heard on a, oh, right. on a Twitter spaces. So it feels like people are trying to hold it. And I was doing a lot of hits to keep my wild card. I think I've done like three or four hits. Yeah. But even that couldn't stop, you know, with all the mountain injuries and players getting dropped. 
Seems yeah, a tough season to hold on to it. Just been unlucky. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that, you know, we've got however many thousand people listen to this podcast and um, almost all of them, after you saying that you'll wildcard if they're all injured, have went, oh, I hope they are. <laughs> I hope they're injured. <laughs> I want to see this wildcard. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, 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 it's really hard to talk about any potential moves just now when we're on a Monday and, you know, we've got five days till pressers. So um, fair play. We'll move on to my team. Someone in the chat wrote what to do with Kevin De Bruyne. I was like, well, you keep him, mate. He didn't play this week. Don't you worry about it. Um I am going to probably roll my transfer. I can't really see anything happening unless unless someone's at, if Brian or Vardy are, are actually injured. Um, and I think it would also it would take both of them to be injured because again, like I keep saying, like Livermento is first on my bench there. Easy peasy coming in. Um, I don't mind benching Vardy for a week. I don't mind benching Brian indefinitely because um, he's so cheap. So yeah, I have enough money to go Kane from here like in one in one swoop because i think i've got 1.6 or 7 million to sit in the bank that'd be what vardy to kane yeah so it'd be vardy to yeah. kane with no no second questions and that's simply just because mm. i had lukaku and i had a wee bit of money in the bank before i did this swap down um because i was one of the people the, the rare managers that had enough to go from lukaku to kane and decided to go the opposite way um but I want to roll so bad and I wanted to do it last week and I couldn't because Lukaku and now I want to do it again. The only thing that's, that I wouldn't roll for that if there was no injuries is Ben Rama. I'm still uncertain and I wouldn't mind taking a punt on some of the guys that we've been talking about last week and, and mentioned this week. Um, I just need to I just need to see. So, But I'm happy with my team. I took a minus eight two weeks ago or whatever and it's kind of... Uh, healed a lot of my illnesses that i had in this team so so yeah i've got the only thing that i feel like i'm a bit uh worried about not maybe worried but just a bit behind in terms of everyone else's teams is that my chelsea defender is just i feel like he's the worst one right now yep. to own um but i can't complain because i got he's nine points one i got nine points from him this week you know, and the, and the other week that he didn't yeah. play, Livermento came off and had like 12 points or something. It just keeps happening. It's like Foden from last year. Um, I can't really do any wrong with, with Christensen not playing. Kind of hoped he didn't play um, or didn't come on because of the Livermento points. So I've been quite lucky with him. I like um, that you've got Concello and Walker. I don't know if it was by design, but I'd imagine you're guaranteed at least one of them starts every week. Or that was the plan. If yeah. not both, yeah. Yeah, I, I I figured that if if Walker doesn't play, then Cancelo definitely will. And if yeah. and if Walker plays, then I get more points than anyone who just has Cancelo. So it's a similar thing to to having two Weird's Chelsea football. now, isn't it? I, like, where they don't, none of them play. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, but oh well, we'll see. Um, so again, another boring, haven't made any transfers. But luckily, we've got the one manager i know that will consistently do his transfers the same day that the game weekend like, honestly before this season i never used to do it no i know um, but you've been loving it this this season and i'm i'm very fortunate to be along yeah. for the ride so i can't wait i knew before we even started <laughs> that you'd done something you haven't even told me um let's go so like you said foden in hammers out i'd actually planned in the back of my mind so when i did my wild card and i kept this quite quiet I had the option to bench boost this week if no one got injured. But obviously, mm. if Brian's got injured or got a <laughs> knock and Rafinha's got a knock as well. So I've got a real benching headache. And obviously, bench boost could be ridiculous. Um, and Your I'm, bench boosts are always ridiculous, out, are they not? I just kind of like the idea of getting it out of the way. And obviously, Chilwell could be benched. James could be benched. Plus, I'm not going to do it because of all the knocks anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've done Havertz to Foden already. 
and I've cap- obviously I'm going to captain Salah and I've got a slight bench headache. I think the only other decision I've got is I'm going to play Foster over Sanchez again and hope it evens out after last week's you know, very small swing. I think it was four points for Sanchez, one point for Foster, but I'm Foster at home to Southampton. I'm just, I'm going to go for it again. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it was it was a good decision last week too. Yeah, um, I, think, I think the reason I did the Havertz to Foden move is I knew I wanted Foden long term. Obviously, David's got me a little bit worried today. Um, <laughs> but then I've got, I've got the bench to cover, and I don't think I think Foden is important. So even if he's benched, then I don't think he'll come on unless they're chasing the game. Again, I can, you know you can be wrong with that with Pep. And then the bench, you know, I've got Livermento um, players like that that can come in. Yeah, um, I mean, at the moment, I've got Livermento, Embuemo, and Rafinha bench, and Sanchez, which I mean, they're all players I'd happily start. Yeah, um, it is weird. So nice. Every single time we do a pod and we see your team, everyone's like, "Oh, you've got a nice team. You've got a nice team." And then, and it, and it, and it has it been a really wrong. nice team. And then, you know, there's three weeks where you've had a nice team and it didn't work. But then one game week where you had everyone do well and you've now hit it twice um yeah what four One thing games i say because i i always i've always fallen into the traditional thing where you have a bench with like as little as possible i used yeah. to spend on it something i like with this because in the last few weeks i was doing all my transfers on defenders like trent got injured rudy got, got injured and i was just doing too many transfers so i think this will stop me like if rafinha's injured if mbremo's injured i don't need to do a transfer um if yeah. i've got a strong feeling that reese james or chilwell is going to be benched i can just bench them like that's the that's the theory anyway. Until I need someone like Kane, and then I have to start plowing the money out, and back comes like Mankio or something. Yeah. So just like as we, you know, Brian Rafina injury permitting, but is there anything that you would be up to plans wise this week with your transfer? I mean, it's an after a wild card, so I'm assuming not with my one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my transfer's gone. I'm yeah. Not is there anything else you're doing? You doing anything else? No. Just deciding no. which players to bench, <laughs> which goalkeeper to play. Um, I'll have those. I'm not doing a hit. I'm not doing a hit unless something awful happens. You say that now. You say that now. <laughs> You're not going to talk me into it. You've done enough. All you've got to do is housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, bit, bit of hoovering on the bench, you know, a bit of dusting of the goalkeeper position. Yeah, and then I'll get some nice bench bench problems, as in bench points. It's, I'm kind of annoyed. I did want a bench boost, but at the same time, it's nice having that decision taken out of my hands because it could have gone badly. Yeah, you don't have to dwell on it, for yeah. sure. A wild card no. bench boost—that's a classic as well. That's something that a lot of people do. Did you mean that? Did you have like that, like kind of in the back of your head when you? Did you really? Oh, I really yeah. respect that. That's yeah. that's awesome. Just like if Game everything goes 10. well, well, it's always nice to keep your options open, isn't it? Isn't oh, yeah. it? Because I, yeah, I didn't. I, what I didn't want to do is go for someone like Scarlet again. That's why I've gone for Puki. I hated having that just non-playing player. Yeah. And Havertz meant I couldn't go for Brownhill. You gotta, you gotta say that Scarlett was really consistent, though. You gotta hand it to him. He was, and he held his price consistently: so. zero goals, zero assists, zero famously, points. Famously indestructible, as well. As yeah. People will remember from Captain Scarlett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's taking it back. Um, all right, <laughs> so that's the teams, yeah. Rich. That's the teams. That's the teams. Yeah. So, um, and obviously, all the stat, or most of the stats today, we've bought from fantasy football hub so if you go in the description um you can sign up there um for a discount and david thank you so much for coming on um obviously you promised at the start of the podcast for you know our sci-fi fans um you'll talk about your book which is launching tomorrow so that's the 26th of october yeah they've waited long enough there's people there's people who tuned in they don't know anything about (laughs) just waiting for this very moment i'm sure yeah me um (laughs) 
Yeah, we, we don't care about mounts and photons. We care about spaceships and aliens. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's actually that's true. That's the way it is. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, as you said, my new book comes out um, on the tw- on the 26th. If you're watching live, that's obviously tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Thursday, it's already out, so you can buy it now. Um, so um, it's a sequel to uh, the book that I uh, brought out uh, last year, um, which at the moment is on sale. So that's called Writing in the Sand. I've got a paperback copy here. So if you're on YouTube, you can see that. Um, it's a science fiction. It's about uh, it's set in the future where mankind has uh, colonized other planets uh, but one nation uh, is is not able to do that in uh, quite the same way that other nations can, and that's Britain. So they're trying to colonize uh, the stars illegally. Um, that's that's all the premise I'll give you. If you want more on that, then um, I'm going to pop a link in the in the chat in just a sec to go to my series page. Um, and so right now you can get that for 99p on Kindle. Uh, but um, the time is running out very fast on that. So again, if you're listening on Thursday, it's already gone back up in price. But look, it's like a pre-book two coming out deal. Yeah, yeah. So you got to, if you want it for 99p, you got to get it tonight. Um, that actually then, sounds sick. That actually, like as a concept for things illegally going up and trying to colonize when you're not allowed to. That sounds awesome. I'm well up for this. I'm definitely in this. Of, uh, when I try and sell this to to people who are more hardcore sci-fi people, I describe mm-hmm. it as like the Expanse. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. 1984 meets lost because there's kind of a there's a lot of different <laughs> things going on in this world it's just the 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 people illegally trying to colonize is is very much like the main section there's loads of other stuff of like a dystopian london serial killers yeah. aliens all sorts of stuff all sorts going on um so that's that's why i think it appeals to people who like the expanse because i was gonna say it's a, it's funny because you said expanse in 1984 and i'm down with that 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 absolutely matches up with your description but then you said lost and i'm thinking okay what part of lost are we talking about are we talking about the start are we talking about the fog <laughs> that kills everyone like what what part of lost but i'm sure don't don't spoil so, it because i actually oh, no, but no, don't worry. it's chapter one it's chapter one Perfect, so what right? happened what, what happens is is that this this team of, of british uh colonists they crash land on a planet that they're supposed to be illegally um, colonizing, thinking that it's uninhabited. They're on a kind of desert island type gotcha. setting, but then it turns out they're not as alone as they thought they were. Um, so yeah, so that, that's book one. That's book one. That That's okay. out at the moment. You can get that for 99p on Kindle tonight. It will be slightly <laughs> more expensive if you buy it on Tuesday. You can get it on paperback as well. Book two is Eyes of the Vanguard, which this is the new one. Uh, apologies for this strip across here. This is the not for resale because this is the author that's print. Yours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that one is coming out on Tuesday. Uh, that's available on ebook, and I think the paperback is ready. Um, I'm waiting for Amazon to confirm that you can actually order the paperback. Um, but if you order that as a pre-order and you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can get, all those links will be on my Twitter, then you get a bit of additional promotional content. So you get a, a digital map of uh, some of the planets that are in this series, and you also get a digital front page of one of the newspapers that is also in the, the book as well. But you, you have to pre-order and you have to um, join my mailing list to get that. So that sounds really, you know, sneaky, but... You no, know. that's kind of cool, though. I like that. Like, <laughs> it's it's uh, kind of like DVD convincing. extras. Or it's like exactly. when you buy Skyrim, you get the map with it, and you feel awesome as an eleven-year-old, or however old you were <laughs> when you felt <laughs> awesome. The second book looks very hefty compared to oh, the it's first big. one. Seven hundred and eighty-two pages. It's, yeah, it's six hundred and <laughs> sorry, which way does it go? Six hundred and something pages. Um, oh. The first one's about four hundred. It's very entry level, if you get what I mean. Like it, it welcomes you in a bit more. But um, the way that the first one ends, um, I mean, not that I'm trying to you know two of my own trumpet but it's, it's 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 got an ending that you really 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 want to read number two and so then mm. you're a little bit more invested for a big book and what's quite nice about the second one is 
if you if you like the expanse and you've read the books the second book has been has felt a lot more um well expansive and mm. and it's it's the same kind <laughs> of length as, as an expanse book um which is really nice. i love a hefty book and so to have written a hefty book is like i'm happy with that yeah i kind of want to i mean i know we're we're running out of time and stuff but also i didn't just make up how many pages i thought you were in your book that's what it says on amazon that's why i read that oh. out. it wasn't like Did i just actually... plucked out yeah it says 700 i thought dave pages. was doing some like rain man stuff, <laughs> like matches <laughs> on the ground no no oh that's so funny i thought i was gonna be clever and be like oh i've already done the research but no it was uh, amazon are lying to me <laughs> Yeah, no, so they are a little bit. Yeah, they're a bit weird with this. So, is it different um, sizes? Is it like Kindle things? Yeah, maybe? so when you're on Kindle, you so when I submit the manuscript in the back end, like I don't, you don't submit a text size for it because if you have a Kindle, you can manipulate that yourself. Yeah. yeah. And if I if I tell the if I tell the manuscript to be a specific size, then it robs the reader of the ability to customize it for themselves. Yeah. So I always turn that off. For the paperback, obviously, I can probably show you now. Like the text is like a lot smaller as you would expect for like a paperback. Mm-hmm. And so then it means that Amazon will always overestimate your paperback length when you're clicked uh, on Kindle. Inside so, um, scoop. I like yeah. it. So on the first book, it says it's like 445 pages. But actually, in actual pages pages, it's like 420 or something. So, um, yeah. That's don't awesome. Be I didn't know that. It being like a, it's basically, if you've read like The Expanse or you've read like a Brandon Sanderson book, like a 600-page book, that's what book two is, basically. In that, in that kind of it's just me. <laughs> It's making me think of when I was at school and I used to put stuff in bigger font just to just to <laughs> fill the pages. I imagine you don't have that that trouble because um, no, I'm not a writer. So. I do the opposite because um, if I have really big writing, then it costs me more money to produce paperbacks and I make less money mm. on the royalties. So like I always go for, <laughs> I always go for one size smaller because Amazon's really greedy basically on like oh, how I much bet. they charge you per because it, it, it they print it on demand with mine, so it means that they don't print. 500 and then send them all off they'll just do it whenever right. you order it which means yeah. they're doing it one at a time they just they you. charge more money so yeah i'm i'm it, it's kind of a similar thing but flipped i'm yeah. like long yeah. are the days where you're where you're <laughs> writing a bunch of words and then making them white so you can't read them yeah. that's why words I are do. like transfers they're precious you don't want to use <laughs> you don't want to use 50 when you could use 10 because that's, costing <laughs> that's you so good many for writing points. too isn't it that's that's a yeah. good way in, uh, you know brevity <laughs> is the soul of wit um exactly. All right. Well, right. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sold. By the way, honestly, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm gonna ask you from uh, uh, every question as soon as we finish this. I know we've spent too <laughs> yeah. long. And if if you send us the link as well, we will put it in the description for YouTube and the podcast oh, no. as well. Down below. Um, yeah, do. so, I'm gonna. So. I'm actually gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna pop it in the live chat now. Yeah. So that people have got it. And then, so that's my series page, I think. So that means you can get to both and you can see what all the options are. And then, yeah, I'll send it to you guys. And then, yeah, cheers. We're, we're pop it and all the stuff. So no, thank you thank very you. much for spending a couple of hours with us, David. We do appreciate it. And it mm-hmm. was nice to finally speak to you, you know, face to face. Yeah. Well, it's good to be on it. I, I, did, I did this uh, maybe two or three years ago with, with Iceman back in the early days. And uh, I mean, it was, it's nice to come back. What's really funny is um, it was so early days for this show that I was completely unaware of the fact that I had to say up the pod at the end. So when it came, and no <laughs> one told me either. So when it came to that last bit, like they they, they all sort of said it and then it, they and then it went quiet and they were like, um, uh, David, you're, you're supposed to say up the pod. And I was like, oh, uh, up the pod. And then there we were. So it was it's nice to come back and rectify that now that I know what we, I'm supposed well, to do. we could what we could do we could start you off then if you wanted to because we still do that sometimes we don't tell Dave, people. Dave's I really like doing, it. Getting, doing that to people. So. <laughs> it's fun, but no. Let, how how about you kick us off then, David? Go for it, man. 
Up the pod. Rich. Up the pod. Up the pod, guys. We will see you next week with a more amazing guest. But thank you very much for listening and have a lovely week. And don't forget to buy David's book. Bye. <laughs>